Hey, Patriots fans, if you want to see Toyota's best offers, including those not seen on TV, go to buyatoyota.com. It's Toyota's official website for deals from the official vehicle of the New England Patriots. Toyota, let's go places. Some of the content of Patriots Unfiltered may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world's original podcast. Welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. But they were back at it today. Uh, they're supposed to be around noon, but they changed it yesterday to a morning practice. Uh, Beyonce is here. Beyonce. What's that? Beyonce. Beyonce. Okay, okay Bayhive. <laughs> Beyonce. Bayhive is attacking. <laughs> I would do at least one drill a day for the next week where. Of course, Zappy's at quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Off the top no. rope. Well, and, and maybe, it's a good thing we're not on TV. He just knocked me over. Oh, and maybe it's three seconds where you have to get rid of the ball. I don't care if it gets intercepted, but you have to make a decision within three seconds. One drill a, a day. One drill a day. Get it out drill. So, yeah. so here's the thing. <laughs> they, they haven't really executed a, 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 you know, an intermediate to deep passing game, which is, you know, and that's where you know, chicks dig the deep ball. You can't eat those? No. Why? I'm trying to lose weight. So do you. Oh. What? Oh, what? Tonight? Beach pod season's over. <laughs> it's not just about the beach. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it's about quality of life. Beach pod <laughs> season's not over, <laughs> right? Oh, for us, it is. It is. Did he leave uh, money that, on the table? Right. And yeah. he, and I think too often that we are seeing him leave money on the table. Three second session. Spee and Fresno. <laughs> this is Patriots Unfiltered. Presented by Toyota's official website for deals. Buyatoyota.com. All right, welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. It is Thursday here at Gillette Stadium, day eight of practices, and it's Paul, it's myself. Deuce will be joining us. Evan will be joining us. Uh, and I would say the practices of late, Paul, have been offensive, and I mean that in a good way. Yeah, it, the the best thing for me is, you know, we've been sort of like tongue-in-cheek a little bit in recent years, but back-to-back days and pads, get a chance to get a little more physicality to it, um, I, I think the pass protection has been an issue. Kind of understandable given all the, the backups that are out there with the offensive line, but I would totally agree. Um, offensively, they've had more signs of life, uh, especially yesterday, um, but I thought they continued some of that a little bit today. Um, working on some, some situational football, moving the ball down the field, and then in various spots in the high and low red, red zone, um, it looks to me like Mac Jones, um, maybe he's taking your uh, advice, uh, Freddie. Um, not always, but uh, more often the ball seems to be coming out on time. It seems to be coming out on time. I saw yesterday's practice. I watched – I only saw the end of today's practice when they were doing their two-minute drills. Oh, yeah, that, and, was, and, that, was, that was different. That was designed it, for completions. Right, but it looked good. I mean, I yeah. don't know how – if the defense was really, you know – yeah, it, it was it. definitely a faster pace than what they did yesterday yeah. with the two-minute drill. And um, he looked good, and he he felt good. And you could tell from Mac's body language, he was you know, dancing around, running off the field when they were getting the field goal squad on, you know, kind of oh, um, yeah. really really excited. And I, I liked it. I mean, I do – you know, he'll speak for himself. I know I was up there with him. He didn't like it. I like Mac being excited and, and running off and Deuce didn't like the the sprinting off the field. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Why? Cuz uh, what are we doing? Are, well, we, are we taking this are we taking it seriously? No, are we I doing mean, it like You had to get the field goal. Yeah, you, and you know, he's the like whole, breaking the tape at the side like I know, you know it's the whole, I know it's practice but 
it was designed the way to you get play. the you know you had no time left you had to get the field goal there was no timeouts you know everybody on offense had to sprint off and so he was having fun with it but he was yeah you I, know, I, I was more encouraged I, I liked it I was more encouraged by the stuff that happened and I and I'm not this is not a shot at you because you didn't you said you didn't see it yeah. you only saw the very end of practice right so this wasn't meant to be taken uh, you know away from what you just said they had um, several periods of eleven on eleven today. Interesting that I felt the first couple of sets they had Mac with what you would consider the starting offensive line, which is like I said, a lot of patchwork. Yeah, there is not one right but, now. But he had the second receivers. He was working with Trey Nixon, um, Demario Douglas, and Keishawn Booty. And one of the best, his best completion of camp came on a deep over route toward the sideline to Nixon. Um, beautiful, uh, you know, catch and throw. Dropped it in between Christian Gonzalez and, and Jabril Peppers in coverage. Um, a really nice throw, probably about a 30, 35-yard gain. Um, and then Bailey Zappi got a chance to operate with the second offensive line, but with Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster, and um, Kendrick Bourne. Bourne, by the way, I think the last couple of days, Freddie, is coming on a little Yeah, he's looked pretty good. Thornton hasn't been participating no. again he's down conditioning is that an opening for trey nixon yeah i i think there's I mean, who ch- else is an outside guy well yeah i, I guess hopkins is, i'm not hopkins <laughs> i wish park i get parker is but he's not a Parker's burner a starter yeah but he's but he's yeah. not a burner i'm, I'm yeah. talking about does he have an opening to be an outside guy because you know a deep threat nixon yeah i don't think that's his game but they i mean I think he has a chance to to maybe find a roster spot if if Thornton's going to be not ready to go at the start of the year or whatever. I don't know what's going on with him. Um, He was slowed in the spring. Um, I think reports had a soft tissue injury. Burners, those are not good. No. You know, hamstrings, quads, whatnot, you know, for guys that run like that, those those are tough to to kick. Um, So, yeah, I think – Nixon, Douglas, those guys have opportunities to get roster spots because they're getting more opportunities well, to play. Well, Pop almost is a lock at this point. Um, okay. And we had Julian Edelman here uh, watching practice today. And uh, I'm wondering if they said, hey, Julian, can you come look at this guy and see what you think, if he could has a future as a sh- slot receiver? I wonder if they're asking his opinion on Pop Douglas. What do you think the answer to that? I, I have no idea. Like obviously, I'll, I'm full disclosure. I have no idea. But what do you think that would be? Like Bill Belichick, huh? Bill Belichick asked somebody else's. Like, what do you what do you think? Well, it doesn't have to be Bill Belichick. It could be Troy Brown asking. It could be you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that. Okay. I just, I mean, well, I was, don't, like, I don't know. Was, I'm not, I'm not poo pooing you. Don't get here. mad. He was here. Yeah, yeah. Jules was here. I think he looked like he talked to the team at the end of practice. Um, you know, the, we had a lot of rookies talk today, so people were asking them about that conversation. The rookies doing what rookies are supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, they they stayed away from that. They didn't really get into what the message was from Julian Edelman. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i not telling you you're wrong. Maybe Bill did, you know, sort of give him a call. Hey, you're in the neighborhood. Hey, you know what? While you're here, I'm curious. What are your thoughts on this oh, game? Julian hey, said to the else? rookies, you're too young. You're too young. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> you have to repeat that when Mike gets back. <laughs> but, good. Uh, no, but, the, but another good day. Yeah. I think overall, like, and you look at it two ways, and we yeah. all do the same Just thing. Just the facts, man. Like, the defense yep. has played really well for the most part. 
And no one says, well, good days. Right. The defense has played well, yep. but no one says that. Like, when the offense makes some plays, it's good day today. Well, that's what we're worried. You know what I mean? We're more worried about the offense. But Yeah, now, yeah. There, there were some uh, – there's some, some signs. I, I think it's really interesting, Fred, um, that they're tackling. You, you know, like, that little ball-carrying drill they do yeah. where it's like – you know, you get a guy in space, and you got to sort of, you know, get get in position where you would be able to tackle. Yeah, him. there's pylons. You got to be right. You, you got to stay go within outside. a yeah, stay yeah. within a constricted area, confined area. Yeah, and you you know you 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 just tap him on the hip. Yeah, I had him. I was in position. They were actually tackling to the ground on those plays I mean, today. To me, you got to do that before your first preseason yeah. game. I you my have wonder to do is that. is if Bill has looked at it the last couple of years, the whole like you know extension of the preseason nonsense. I know, and maybe he looks and says, you know, we're just not ready to go at the start of the season, so we got to step this up a little bit. Yep, yep. And you know, I would say you want to get some tackling in before the joint practices. You know, you don't want the first time you're tackling to be full speed and you know well, they, like, against I mean, another team. But they never tackle really in joint practices either. No. Not, not, not but that's why, and I'll, I'll be curious. Evan just joined us. I'd be curious to get uh, your thoughts because I didn't get a chance to talk to you after practice. Um, just like I thought yesterday, there was more than a handful of times where the guy who caught the ball or ended up with the ball ended up on the ground. Today, it was clearly we're tackling today. Like yeah. there was a lot of tackling today. I just your thoughts. You yeah, know. I thought it was interesting. They did a drill too at one point where they were tackling to the ground. Paul also. was just talking about. Yeah, it, yeah. I. I I don't recall seeing that often. I mean, yeah. like I'm I think not saying it, I never saw it, but I yeah. don't remember the last time. Yeah, it definitely happens here or there that they they do it. They obviously have to practice tackling at some point, but it doesn't happen very often. And I think on top of that, like Christian Gonzalez laid out Raleigh Webb. Yeah. Like you don't, and I don't mean it like he was trying to hurt him. It just, no, he took his legs right out. Yeah. Really good tackle for loss. Yeah, and I, I don't necessarily remember. Seeing that now, Christian Gonzalez is a rookie, so maybe it, it, it was one of those situations. But yeah, it's a, it's a good point. I, I don't. I think there's always one or two practices, and then certainly the the call it the third team guys that are really fighting to yeah. make the roster. Those guys often that period of eleven on elevens will be live tackling because you have guys out there that are just trying to make a team in the NFL, and and it's not. Juju Smith-Schuster that they're tackling. Uh, no offense to some of the depth of receivers. So uh, I think that that's always been a thing, but the, the front-line guys getting tackled, that's a different and, story. And yesterday they had some goal line where they were pretty much oh, full that was, speed. Yeah, that was yeah. flat-out live. Yeah. The, the yeah. goal line was live yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But even there was a play today, um, one of the first plays of team, you know, Matt Sokol caught a little hook pass. As soon as he caught it, Bentley popped the ball right out. Um and then there was a like a mad scramble for the ball, and there was like no holds barred, like it was live. It was a live fumble. Now I think it probably would have been ruled an incomplete pass yeah. in the game because it was immediate. Great play by Bentley. Um, just stuff that you don't always see. Again, I'm not saying you never see it, but you don't see it frequently. Yeah, you know? I think that's the biggest thing for me. I don't want to get too crazy about how how good it looks for a couple practices, but the competitiveness with this back and forth it reminds you of what it looked like when they were winning 12 yeah. games every year right it's just it's a back and forth now it's not oh boy like the offense looks like a mess and they have a lot of their own problems to worry about when they get into 11 on 11 it, 
the defense makes plays, the offense makes plays, and, and they truly go back and forth, which is what you want to see. And that's exactly what Max said after practice is that this is what it should look like. It, yeah. sh- it shouldn't be one side's broken and the other side is just trying and, to. And, and we're telling you like we see it. You know, um, you know, we've been critical last week, um, early this week, about how the offense has been doing. But you have to be honest right now in, in, in objective. They've, they're doing better. Yeah. They're doing better for yeah, whatever reason. Given- yeah, sorry, know, Fred. Yeah, for whatever reason, they look better. Yeah, I think Evan makes a good point about um, you know the offense because the to me the biggest thing that's changed is the energy level with it, with with everybody, and I think even the defense had sort of gotten in a rut. Like, eh, you know, all right, yeah, we shut them down, but they're struggling. They're clearly they're they're searching, they're finding it, and then yesterday the offense was doing all the talking. So I thought. You know, like that play that, that Evan mentions with Gonzalez, that drew a, a real big reaction from the defensive players. And they got into it, and you could see that, you know, the energy rise a little bit. And, you know, it is many plays – it's much more frequent that Mac is finding guys now than, than earlier in camp, the last two days. But you do take it with a grain of salt because of that pass protection kind of stuff. And when you're, when you're missing a Wenyu and Trent Brown and Cole Strange – you're going to have pass protection issues. I mean, sorry, that's going to happen. So you, you want to sort of temper it while being enthusiastic about some of the different things you're seeing. We should talk about attendance uh, over the last couple of days. Some noticeable people not really participating or just out. Just out. Yeah, like Trent Brown and, and Matthew Judon are out there every day. Um, they go down to the lower field for the most part. Um, Trent Brown hasn't taken a, a rep in full pads yet, not, not a single one. Uh, Judon really has been a spectator for the most part. Um, you know, Ty Montgomery has now missed six days in a row. Um, he, you know, Montgomery and Cole Strange haven't been around the last couple of days, but it was good to see them come back late in practice. They came on the field, um, helmets in hand, clearly had done some rehab work somewhere, uh, that we weren't privy to, but maybe they're getting a little closer to coming back, but they are, you know, the offensive line, um, until you get some of these pieces together, you know, you're dealing with a couple of rookies in, in Mafi and um, you know, you're dealing with the second year guy with uh, Cody Russi. So like really, the only issue right now is David Andrews. David That's Andrews. It. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Everything he's, is up for grabs. He's the only uh, out of what we're seeing every day. He's the only guy without a question. Yeah. Now it. when strange comes back, yeah, he, he'll, you know, but right now at this moment, David Andrews is the only healthy starter. Yeah. It, it's, it's tough because I have preconceived concerns, I, you know, prior concerns about the offensive line, but we haven't seen the offensive line out there, so I, I can't even be concerned or not concerned anymore because we just haven't seen the guys out there. So I, I think a lot of people are getting a lot of reports and tweets that they're reading, you know, fans that are reading these things that we're writing and stuff and, and hearing a lot about how bad the protection has been and how the offense – but this isn't the offensive line. Right. This isn't the group that they're going to be hopefully going against the Eagles in week one in a month. So, But it's not good for continuity's sake to have no, them not out I, there. I agree with yeah. that. I, I I think that that's been a concern since they brought the put the pads on. I, I think Antonio Maffi has looked pretty solid uh, in padded practices, which is – I mean, he's a big guy, so you would expect him to do that. And Riley Reef looks a lot better – in the positional drills, like the one-on-ones and then that leverage drill that they do where they they set the edge drill. But then they get into team, and when he's asked to move his feet, it it becomes a little bit more uh, inconsistent. But it's interesting how 
every single time he's just asked to to move a guy that's in front of him, he can do that. When he has to get out on an island and really move his feet, that's when it can get a little bit inconsistent. So I, I feel like Reef has been better now that they've put the pads on. Mafia, I certainly think, has been better uh, since they put the pads on. But at this point, you're evaluating these guys because you think they're going to be depth. You're not thinking about any of these guys necessarily starting besides maybe Reef. And uh, even him, I, I feel like ideally – you have Brown and McDermott start the season at the two tackle spots and Reef is more of a swing at this stage of his career. But it was a problem coming in and it still remains a question mark, especially at tackle. And I think it's a really fair second guess of how they approach the offseason to not get somebody with a little bit higher upside at the tackle position outside of Trent. We uh, mentioned Gonzalez um, making a play uh, on a tackle earlier. Um, he's been flashing. He's he's doing okay. Yeah, I think he. Um, and I also want to get Evan's thoughts on this too, because um, I thought coverage-wise, it's kind of giving up more plays than he was early in camp. He was just lights out. Yeah, I think the last couple of days, especially today, I thought there's been some plays that he's been involved in, and I wonder um, if there's some zone stuff, like the 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 deep over to Trey Nixon. Looked like it was between him and Peppers. Maybe he, like, passed yeah. him off to Peppers, and maybe Peppers was late getting over the top. Um, but he's been involved with more completions lately than we saw the first five, six days. Yeah, I think that the best way to put it is to temper expectations and remember that he is just a rookie. I, I think he's going to give up some plays this year. And and that's not to say that I think he's a bad player because everybody knows how high I am on Christian Gonzalez, but – every rookie gives up plays like that. You're not going to go out in the league and completely shut down guys year one. That, that really doesn't happen all that often, especially the way the game is played. Now I uh, look at a guy like, like Trayvon Diggs is one of the best corners in the league. He gave up like 800 yards in coverage his rookie season. You know, that's going to happen for some of these guys. I think the one thing with Gonzalez that I've noticed is just, he's going up against Parker a lot and Parker's not going to run by him he he runs a low 4-3. Parker's not going to run by him. No. And so the one thing that I would like to see Gonzalez do a little bit more is sit on some of the shorter stuff, the the comebacks, the outs, things like that. You know, they hit Parker on an out in that 2-minute period at the end of practice. That that should be a play that Gonzalez over time is going to be able to be all over because he shouldn't be worried about Devontae Parker running by him. So yeah, I, it's I think interesting. I yeah. think that's some of the things that he'll he'll figure out his anticipation and what okay what can I what can I just not worry about and what can, what do I have what routes on the route tree do I have to be sitting on and and need to think about here and that sort of thing I think comes with practice repetitions obviously but I think even more so meeting rooms and film and like that sort of thing so when they get into week one and it's AJ Brown and Devonta whoever he has he's going to be thinking to himself these are the three routes that I need to cover because I have help over here and I, I know he's not going to beat me over there and that sort of thing and those are the things that the great corners do that's, that's like how what, corners cut corners yeah literally <laughs> uh that's good I mean, Gilmore used to talk about it all the time, that with this system, especially in man coverage, 
if you have help to the middle of the field, uh, I'm not going to worry about the post because I have a safety that's that's hit, sitting on the post. So I'm going to worry about you know things underneath me and things over the top, you know, in, in terms of the outside stuff. So he'll get there. And then you don't get the help, and it's palms up after the play. Yeah. Well, so the other part of that that that's interesting um, that Evan talked about, like so that was during the, the late two minute drill, Fred, that you watched, and there were like two, I think it was like three outs that. Parker caught uh, a couple of them on Gonzalez, but you don't. What you don't know when you're watching, you can just say, "Well, geez, you know, he's not going to run by him. What are you doing? You give him too much cushion." Yeah. But what you, you don't know is if there's a situation that Belichick is sort of creating. Right. I mean, that could have been know. a TD. Don't give up a TD. Exactly. Right. You know, yeah. we're, we're, you know, we're up four. They need a touchdown. There's only 30 seconds left. They got no timeouts. We'll give them all the outs they want. Right. You know, we just can't give up a chunk play. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not trying to make excuses for no, them. I don't possible. know. I don't know what the situation is. They did a lot of second and third down stuff today during the regular team periods. When they had the two-minute drill, who knows, you know, if it was scripted. You know, so I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying, well, you know, Paul's the only one that's not high on the first-round pick. No, I, I, mean, I wrote something over the weekend. I've been uh, incredibly impressed with his – his just sort of toughness, his physicality, and just every play. Like, he's where he's supposed to be. He's he's in position. Um, he's given up more catches lately. I thought the one that may have been OPI yesterday with Parker. Yeah. And then today there was a similar kind of situation with Bourne, only there was no contact. Looked like he kind of slipped and lost his footing as the ball came yeah, in. Yeah, along the sideline. I think. Yeah, it was a play from like the 18. Yeah. They got it down like at the two. Yeah. Nice, another nice connection from Mac. Yeah. Uh, beautiful throw to Kendrick Bourne uh, just outside the pylon. And he's also uh, on a few plays recognized things early, like screens, and he's flashed in the. Well, backfield. that's where he made that play in the tackle for yeah. loss. I mean, he was like a. Yeah. He was like a missile on that play. Yeah, I have no concerns about him in man coverage because he's just so darn smooth that once they figure out the anticipation and some of the different things that they're going to coach him up on, that his movement skills are just off the charts. So he's going to be able to cover people in man. But he did have some issues in college and zone with getting high load, losing guys in zone, like things like that. And, and almost like covering grass instead of actually covering somebody in, in particular. And, and that's something that a lot of the, the draft Knicks said was a little bit of a knock in terms of the film. So I think that's some of the things like with the Kendrick Bourne play, you know, he's got somebody in the flat and he's got the corner out filling in over the top and he kind of gets stuck in between. And that's something that I think they'll figure out over the course of time with the distribution, but it is that's one of the things that from a football perspective, you know, you hear all about this stuff about like his attitude and his, his demeanor and things Terrific. like that. I think all of that is, was way, way overblown. Uh, but from a football perspective, he was definitely better in man coverage than in zone coverage in college. A uh, little bit of a situation today with Jack Jones uh, on a play where I don't know if he was trash talking Kendrick Bourne. I don't, or, I don't know exactly what yeah, happened. Yeah, it looked like what, he, he dove. And prevented a catch to Bourne near the sideline. And then they got up, and there was a lot of people in between. It looked like he may have been celebrating the play and maybe he got a little overzealous. Maybe he got in Bourne's face or something. And um, and, and it looked like he was sent off the field. And now I didn't physically see Bill Belichick go over and tell him to leave, but my guess is that's what happened because I don't think anybody else would have the juice to send a player off. Um, and then he left for about 20, 25 minutes. Came back, um, and as he left, uh, Peppers sort of walked him almost all the way to the top of the stairs, arm around him, clearly trying to do some mentoring. And 
when he came back, he was on a knee by himself, separated from the whole team. Matt Groh came over and talked to him for a little while. Jalen Mills came over and spent some time with him. But he didn't do anything with the team the rest of the way until practice was over and they were cooling down. Did yeah. they, when he that came back, he was still in pads and everything? Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I thought – I didn't see exactly how it escalated, but – I hate to speculate because we don't we don't know. You know, some people were speculating that maybe he was kicked out of practice. I I don't know exactly what happened, but he came late to practice. Oh, but he he's just so you know, he came around the same time he comes every day. Now maybe that's been an issue. Yeah, he's one of the last ones out every day. So he's a little late to practice, and then about whatever that was halfway through wherever that was all of a sudden yeah. we see him walking off the field like yeah. he got kicked out it was about ten twenty that he that he left and he came back at about ten forty five. well he has to go through security so it takes him longer oh that that's that's not what we're looking no. for no it's oh, not what okay. we're, that's not what we're looking for from the boss all right okay all right and you don't need to encourage too me. soon too soon yes I'll okay let you make those jokes yeah <laughs> uh but really to me the story's mac he's looking better both on the field and just body language. Uh, spent some time talking with Bill today. So all you people that, you know, they're not talking. Time. They were talking today, and it would look, you know, in a positive way. So, you know, put away your pens. And, and uh, you know, for a couple days, you can't say that they're not getting along. They are. Um, so that that's good, that's good news. Were you, were, you, were you privy to those conversations? No, but oh. you could, you know. How do you know what he, he was you saying? know what Bill is like. He also walked up the stairs with Bill O'Brien, and I love that. I don't know. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. I've seen him with Bill O'Brien a lot. Because when he, you know, just remembering like McDaniel's his rookie season, McDaniel's just, just attached a, to the hip. Attached Absolutely. to the hip. They would walk into practice together, right. and they're not when they're chatting. They're not chatting about like you know where they went out to dinner last night. They're talking ball. Like right. they're you can tell that they're talking about something that they were probably just talking about in, in you know a pre-practice meeting or something like that. And and now they're continuing the conversation. So I think you know, look, I was critical of Mac on Tuesday because unlike some of my colleagues, I have a pretty high standard for the the Whoa, quarterback. Wow. Whoa, yeah, wow. shots Whoa. fired. I have a pretty hey, high, click that, Matt. I have a pretty high standard for the quarterback. I'm not going to baby him. Like I'm not going to you go out there and you make a couple of dinks and dunks and oh what a great practice. Like I'm not going to do that. The last couple of days he's pushing the ball down the field more. Yesterday was one of his best practices I've seen him have since probably maybe ever honestly in training camp, and it just looks. You can tell that a lot of the plays are hitting the way that they're drawn up on the whiteboard, like exactly how they look in the playbook, the timing, uh, the receivers, you know, all of it coming together. And that's really what's been encouraging. And I think Juju kind of laid it out really well yesterday when he said that they've been installing this entire time. And this week they started repeating plays. And now what you're seeing is not they're they're mastering the plays that they've already installed. And I think that's a really encouraging thing as well. So yeah. uh, a couple of good downfield throws today. It wasn't as good as yesterday. A couple guys, you know, interception and one p- pass breakup. And but. He's been accurate on the sideline passes too. And, yeah. and those are tougher passes than they look because if you're throwing from the middle of the hash, even if the ball is only like six yards downfield, it's 25 yards across the field. Uh, you know, so it's a long pass. Um, takes a while to get there so you know when he throws them yeah yeah you have to be that was coming you couldn't have me just be johnny sunshine you have to be accurate with those and um you know only put it in a place where your receiver has a chance and 
I think he's been good on that. You know, better I think, and yeah. to me, I I don't know if it's necessarily that the the arm strength is improved. I think the anticipation is improved, and that comes from being in an offense that makes sense and and an offense that you know, that's that's good. It's good funny system. about that, like they did, they threw a ton of outs today. Um, all three quarterbacks. There was one uh, toward the end. You know, they did that staggered red zone stuff. They started high yeah. red zone, worked their way. It's like eighteen, thirteen, eight, yeah, four, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, it's a drive. Trace. Well, no, it's a situ. It's a, it's a scripted situation. They yeah. put the ball at a at yeah. a yard line. Right, it's a drive. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's not a drive oh, because right. if the play is incomplete, it goes to the four yard line. The next play. Well, they they, they the, yeah. a drive they would it. be we have to complete a pass to get it to the four. So I just want to make sure that the listeners understand okay. what actually happened, All right. not what you call it. Anyway, um, Trace McSorley threw one to Raleigh Webb on, on an out. He threw it like. A good two seconds before Webb got out of the yeah, break. Yeah, it was a nice throw. Perfect. Oh, yeah. It was like, <laughs> how can they do it like that? But they just but can't repeat it. But that's what they have to do. They just can't repeat it. No, yeah. I, but I mean, like, he clearly has the ability to do it. But yeah. if you've watched McSorley throw camp, yeah. I, I, I mean, I keep calling him Nuke Lelouch. He, 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 he's going to hit the bull every other throw. And that throw looked like like Brady would have been jealous of it. Yeah. The, the, the timing and the placement – of that pass, and again, it's Trace McSorley to Raleigh Webb on play like 106 today. <laughs> like I, to I don't want to make too much of it. Trace McSorley's got some arm talent. Like yeah, I didn't. Oh, that I, throw was special. I didn't know that about him because I always, you know, he, the 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 script on Trace McSorley is not very positive, right? You know, his time at Penn State, like all of it is not. He's, it was almost a runner exclusively yeah, at Penn State. Yeah, it's not a very positive scouting report, but he's made. I don't want to say this because I think people are going to say it anyways, but like his, his arm might be the best out of three guys. Like he can really put some, some steam on the ball, but it's just like Paul said, it, you, you don't know where it's Speaking going. Speaking of running quarterbacks, the name we have not heard, or at least I haven't in a while is Malik Cunningham. Yeah. Totally disappeared. Yeah. I think even, I don't think he's had a single catch that's been notable in team drills and I agree. I he, I think he's exactly what we thought he was, which is he'll be a scout team quarterback and mimic Lamar Jackson and or whatever running you Jalen Hurts, I, I guess I should say. And yeah. That'd be it. Um we talked about uh Christian Gonzalez who was the first round pick. I asked Evan you today what do you think of Keon White? Why don't you tell me Yeah, I, look I, I I still feel that he's a, a downhill linear player. He's not a finesse guy. He's not gonna. He's not Josh Uche, right? He's not coming off the ball. He's not putting together six, seven different pass rush moves to get around guys. But his bull rush, speed to power, ability to dent the pocket is legit. He can move the pocket. Uh, he's been a handful for the backup offensive line and team drills. I like to see him get elevated and, and play a little bit more uh, with the first team defense. But he's he's got a legitimate upper body power speed to power type of rush to him that is going to collapse the pocket in the interior do you think he has any future against the run early downs he d- he does pretty well in those those edge setting drills uh, maybe a little bit too far upfield for their liking but he's able to to hold his ground and and do that sort of thing i still think that he's best with his hand in the dirt i think when he stands up he's a little bit He's a little bit too big for that. He's 285 pounds. I just don't love him doing that. But in terms of put your hand in the dirt and come downhill at the line of scrimmage, I think he's going to be an effective player. And my guess is is that as it comes along here a little bit, they'll start using him 
as a penetrator on on stunts and line games you know to go in and really get that first initial push so that a guy can come and rap inside you know a judon and uche uh will will be the rap player and he'll be able to to dent the pocket and make that pocket of space for those guys to to come around and and set that pick so he's got he's got all the physical tools to be that that powerful rusher I, I just I still don't really see like a great block defeater like I don't see a guy that's dancing around blocks or getting off blocks consistently but he can push the pocket he's yeah. big I, I like that's the best thing I could say about him right now he's big I, I don't I haven't seen a ton you know who actually um and maybe it's just because of the 51s Ronnie Perkins has flashed a little bit um I've heard his name in in pass rushing I think he had another you know quotes what? quotes sack today went right around andrew stuber see i i, I, I saw, right around you know, him yeah he, he knows exactly the play i was talking he's about. got a little bit of of that dip around the, you know that speed and dip around the edge that you like to see her bend but when people when tackles get hands on him he's got no power to his game whatsoever and he he gets washed down i think it was reef through him in one-on-ones just if you don't beat me off the line, if you're that first step doesn't doesn't get me concerned, then if I can get hands on, it's it's over with with Ronnie. Yeah, and and I you know in terms of just uh, some of the intangibles, I think the team plays better when they play more heavy metal music. You <laughs> Is know? that right? Yeah, like have that. you noticed that? Do Metallica. You, now, do you do yeah. you chart that? Yeah, yeah. It, I think that's the music they play best to, at least the offense. Okay. Yeah. So I just just want to throw that so in. So a little housekeeping note. Housekeeping. 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 The Patriots are practicing on Sunday. Yeah, they they've added that practice back. Uh, so it looks like womp, womp. It, you know with with that being with that adding to it, it's a possibility that Tuesday's practice next week will be the last public practice. So here at Gillette, I tweeted that. And then I deleted it because I wasn't sure. Well, I'm not either, but I'm just thinking that could – it looks like that will right. be the last practice. But so maybe we should talk about this more off air. But yeah. on uh, on Thursday they have the preseason game. Then Friday, Saturday will be off because they always have two days off after a game. Right. So technically Sunday should be a practice yeah. here. It is now. No, next – like oh, a week oh, from next Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, after. But, yeah, but it probably – I don't think it's going to be open, but I don't know. So it's going to yeah. be open to us, but closed to the public. Right. Which, public. no offense to the public, is the best kind of practice because that's when they actually really start to do some of the stuff that right. they won't show. Right. Um, I'm thoroughly confused, but you know, someone will let me know where, what I have well, to do we'll, at some we'll, point. We'll talk about it more. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, there should be an announcement pretty soon about, or maybe they've already announced it, that Sunday is now a public practice. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of this coming week. Yeah. You think will be the last? That Tuesday could be the last practice. It's just an educated guess. Okay, so you haven't no. necessarily heard anything. No. Um, yeah, that would. I mean, I think that would make some sense, and I do think that um, it'll be interesting to see if they continue with camp rules and have the media be able to stay and watch the whole practice, or go to sort of their yeah. in season and I just have. That, they've done both. That ten. They have done a couple of practices here and there. They've allowed the media to continue to go to even when the the public is right. no longer um, I think allowed. Tech, I mean, look, they can they always circumvent the rules. No offense to the uh, when it comes to us. I'm not saying, but I I think technically that is a training camp practice that they have to have open to the media. 
So when does training camp officially end? It's a certain number of practices. Okay. I don't know it off the top of my head, but they have to. It's just, once they get to a certain number of practices is when they can start closing. I think them down. I think Evan's right, and I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen. But I do not know that the. That's a that's an Andrew Callahan question. As the okay. So yeah, I mean it's 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 amazing. I feel like we just started, but I mean we have eight practices done already. I know it's it's flying. But you know we're going to have the, you know, ability to watch those joint practices. So for yeah. in terms of well, the media, those also count as training camp practices, by the way. Yeah. Yes. So that's that's, you know, that's really that's good. Th- so those got, are the important. We got things. eight, and tomorrow's nine. You know, and then you're going to do Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. That's twelve, and then you have four more. That's sixteen. They, I, my guess is that's got to be around. That's it. Yeah. Around the limit. You know, like I don't. Again, I think somewhere around fifteen. Yep. Um, I know joint practices are supposed to be open, you know, uh, to the media, not necessarily the public, but to the media. Right. Yep. But they're not exempted. They're not like. I don't extra. think so. Yeah. I don't think they're they're exempted. But yeah, we'll, I, we'll find out soon enough. Oh, that's a killer. Yeah. I don't know if I will be here. Um, okay. Um, what else? What else has uh, kind of jumped out? I don't know. I'm trying not to. I'm not. I'm trying not to ride the the roller coaster too much of like Tuesday to Wednesday. Just like one day I have this reaction, the next day, right? Sure. You know. But you but just, we all just say it, what though. you saw. That's the it. one thing I'll say is just like at what point? I, like it's great that the offense is clicking. The last couple of days, like we have to also say that the defense has started to give up some plays, and I, I think the back and forth is great. What did I say to you earlier? Yeah, but. The one area in particular that that I've noticed that's and and I think you said Paul that if a live pass rush is happening, then this looks a lot different, uh, oh, yeah. right? With Max getting hit while he's making some of these throws, then who knows if they're actually as you know if he's going eighteen for twenty four in a in a camp practice, they've had some issues covering the flats in pass coverage where that if Mac wants to throw a check down or throw a quick flat route to one of the tight ends or something like that, that's been there for three straight days. And I, I don't know if it's the type of, you know, without being able to go back and watch the, the film of the practice, I, if it's the type of coverage that they're playing or what have you, but uh, there's been a couple times where I I've scratched my head and been like, do they even have a flat defender? Like who, who's supposed to have the flat? Well, there? do you think that has anything to do with the offensive scheme? that it's possible you know they're scheming yeah. that open yeah i mean certainly in certain in certain circumstances absolutely and i think that that's look if you're going to give up something you're going to give up the five yard check down in the flat you're not going to give up the 15 yard completion down the field uh, but i i think that if you look at the way they've been playing it that that's teams are going to take that uh, that's a profit it's been a play they've had trouble with i agree with evan and it's been all three groups um, McSorley had a little swing out today um, to JJ Taylor. To Taylor, and yeah. as soon as he threw it, he put his hands in the air like he yeah. knew. It. Like that has worked. I don't know if it's something that there's a communication issue with the the defense on those, and they're just not recognizing. But you, they're very similar patterns to the plays. Um, I'm not telling you they're all the same play, um, but they they have definitely struggled with them and. Um, some of the stuff with Juju, I think, down low, um, you know, is, has been an issue. It was almost like a little tunnel screen today. Yeah. Um, yep. Completely looked like it caught them off guard. Yeah. It, I think some of that communication 
and this comes back to to Bill O'Brien and and something that he's I think really brought is those little goal line routes. They run a bunch of different things out of those two receiver sides. They and yesterday they hit Juju and, and there was definitely some sort of breakdown in the back end on that touchdown at the end of practice and then Juju walked right in on like a little tunnel screen or pick play there today and on the one hand you want to say well that's Bill O'Brien right he's drawing these things up and and that's that's a good thing but uh, I think there has been a little bit Andy Reid's capable of drawing those up too (laughs) yeah you know just looking ahead and being concerned yeah I think there is maybe a little bit of I I just say miscommunication certainly especially with that Juju one yesterday both Jalen Mills and John Jones looked at each other after the play with the palms like what well don't you feel like this could be good for them so Jumping in hot though, but don't Hello. you think it's good for the defense to see some of that stuff? I mean, yeah. last year they're seeing they elementary offense one hundred and one, you know, and there's no motion and there's no pre-snap. Those defensive guys have specifically talked about how much the offense is dialed up for them, you know, in terms of motion and misdirection and, and all kinds of combination routes, and how good they think that is for them, um, you know. And we've kind of turned it like the way the defense was playing early, like. They can mix and match so much in the secondary that they have the safeties up, they have them back. It seems like everybody's had a chance to be center field. Everybody's had a chance to be up around the line. So that's good for the offense, too. I, The, the point that I made to Fred, um, Evan, was, you know, the first part of camp, it was every day it was like, well, well, the defense is playing well, but, you know, the offense looks bad, like bad days of practice. Then the offense has a couple of days of success, and it's like, great practice today. Well, the defense doesn't play all that <laughs> right, well. like, right, but right. we're but it's okay. And as Fred said, because we're more worried about the offense. So yeah, that you, is tr- the way you, you, look yeah. you definitely trust the defense is going to be good more than the offense, and you trust the system and all that stuff. And I'd also say today was more of a back and forth. I mean, Kyle Duggar picked off Mac. Yeah, today yeah. was a good day for I thought a good practice in yeah. general. Yeah, yeah, John Jones broke up a pass that was one of those that I still think Mac is working on. Of he thinks the zone is flooded, but it ain't flooded. Uh, let's let's. The only on thing, that, the only please. thing Thank missing you. on that throw, was a slight move to one side and making that throw the other side. He does not see that guy. Yeah, I, it's the guy coming from the like he's if he's underneath. If, if he's yeah. got a guy trailing from left to right, he does not see the the defensive back underneath going right to left. Right. We're talking the Duggar interception. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So the Duggar interception was just robber coverage, yeah. just man coverage with the spin with the robber. And then Adrian Phillips got zappy on the same exact coverage later on in practice. So yep. both those guys lost robber defenders today. But with the one uh, with John Jones, it's just a flood concept. So they're running the vertical through and then the corner out and then the flat. And they're trying to flood the sideline. And for some reason, he Mac – there's the same play that he threw in sevens that that uh, Marcus Jones almost picked off as a pass for Juju that underneath flat defender is gonna he's gonna split the difference right he's gonna like kind of hang out in the middle and but also lean a little bit more towards the corner to try to encourage the flat and for some reason Mac it, it flashes open for a second but it closes really quickly and he just doesn't have I don't know if it's the timing or if it's arm strength to fit it in there before the defender closes. So those are those ones that still look a little bit a little bit shaky. Yeah. Um, I had high hopes for Mike Gusecki. Should I start tempering that? I think it's interesting. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, we've noticed Sokol has been you know getting more snaps and you know, whatever and I were talking about up top was it seems like 
they probably like him as a blocker a little bit more. So maybe you'll, you're going to see some early down two tight ends with with Sokol in the mix. I think he's one of the one of the wild cards. I'm just disappointed that Gesicki hasn't shown up more in the red zone because he was pretty productive during OTAs, and you haven't really seen much of anything of him. And, and some of the other guys have had slow starts, but have have come on a little bit here as we've you know gotten on Kendrick Bourne, not necessarily with the ones he caught a bunch of balls yep, today. We talk about that. He's um, looking good. Hunter Henry's looking. Hunter good. Henry's been their 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 best player in camp, and he looks like he's in great shape. So um, I'm a little bit concerned, especially with how Gesicki kind of dropped off last year. Uh, it seemed like in the spring they had such high hopes for those two guys, but I think we all kind of realized that neither one of them is a prototypical blocker type. Both of them are probably ideally suited as well, a, you that's know run not around where and catch balls. I'm worried, uh, you no, know. I, and, and, but so that's why his playing time is going to be, I think, a little bit less than I initially thought, because I, I, it kind of reminds me of Kendrick Bourne. Like we get all these questions all the time. I know Kendrick Bourne had a lot of stuff going on, locker room, you know, type stuff last year that that played a part in it. But since they got Kendrick Bourne, he's been a passing down receiver. I think he's played eight run snaps his entire Patriot career <laughs> in two years. Wow. He's played eight snaps where they run the football. And a couple of those have been him running the football on yeah. jet sweeps. Jets, yeah. So he doesn't, great point. he doesn't play in the run game. And I think Gesicki is going to be the exact same thing where it's going to be two minute, third down, red zone, and – it's going to be probably 40%-ish of the snaps, and people are going to be like, where's Mike Kosicki? But he might flash and show up in some situational type of things. I just feel like, though, with Bourne, it's like he's always been the fourth receiver, so it's like you're not usually running when you got your fourth receiver. Like you're in a situation where you might – you probably have a bunch of receivers on the field to try to – you know, he's never been the one or two guy. And But to know, Evan's point, would he be more than that if he could be? No. Do you understand? Like, <laughs> but, like – he might have the receiving ability to be a two, but because he can't be out there to do all the things that Evan's talking about, he has to be the four. But what can he do? Like what? Do Assu- look, I, no, I as a receiver, you don't think he's a good receiver? Oh, I'm saying, why can't he play in the run game? I, I he, no, no, no. Clearly, well, they think you know he them. Can. You have to do everything for them. Clearly, he can't block because they. I only have eight snaps to go off of, so I can't tell you if he actually can block or not. But they, whatever they see in practice out of him, clearly they don't like his his blocking. And now they have, you know, just to go with the receivers, they have Parker and they have Juju, who they clearly trust on on yeah. first and Those second. Those are down. one and two, right? Those there. guys are going to yeah. play all three downs, and so Bourne again is going to be at best the third receiver. Which, when you're in eleven personnel, most of the time that's a passing situation, and that's how we get here. And then we get the question six months from now of why has don't they play Kendrick Bourne more? And I think Kasiki as the second tight end is going to be similar where. It's going to probably be a lot of Hunter Henry, as it should. And then Gesicki's really only going to be a passing down player. I, I don't think we're about to go see 2011 Redux where both of those guys are playing on all three downs. It just doesn't seem that way. I, I think the question will be how many snaps did Gesicki and Bourne play together this year? It might, it might be zero. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right, all right. Eight, five. I think that would be disappointing to a lot of people. I understand what hey. Evan's point is. Yeah, yeah. No, I do too. But I just, I mean, I don't know why we still talk about Kendrick Bourne all that much. Like, I mean, he's, you know, he's a fourth receiver. Oh, I on thought this we were talking about Kasiki and Henry playing together. That, that. Well, I guess. Are I'm you getting putting uh, uh, Tyquan at three? Tyquan. I'm not putting Tyquan. Demario Douglas. Right Tyquan's got to well, do some work well, to you're, stay you're, around. You're saying Bourne's the fourth. Who's the third receiver on this team? Demario Douglas. Really? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I would put Bourne ahead. I well, think I think Bourne right now is ahead in 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 terms of just 
experience. But if you're trying to put together the most complimentary group of receivers, that's a fair argument. I feel like all three of those Parker, Juju, and Bourne on the field together is like just they're like the Spider Man meme. Like they're all you're just looking at each other the same. Like they all run the same way. They 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 don't. I think we made a little news here though. Paul Perillo says that Demario Douglas is the third best receiver in this team. That was Paul Perillo didn't say that. Evan Lazard did. I, well, I didn't say he was the third best receiver on the team. I think he's the the best guy for the role. Right. Yeah. That, and, and again, Evan Lazar said that just <laughs> to, just to repeat. Take my name out of your mouth. Correct. He's, <laughs> he's the best slot receiver on the team. I think. We think that, or I think that Edelman's here because uh, they asked him to take a look at this Pop Douglas guy and tell us what you think. So, it's, so, it's, so I, res- what I responded takes. with this: Bill Belichick strike you as the type of guy that would ask a former player what he thought of, his, of an evaluation. <laughs> Edelman was still out there when I was out there shooting the video. He was holding court, taking pictures, did a yeah, long like Q he, and A with like everybody. He did a little media I mean, availability. Was, I, I think if anything, he came here to to, to say hello to, to all his old, old friends that are here. Well, I I don't know if he's asking him to evaluate Pop Douglas, but if he's asking him to mentor Pop Douglas, watch some film with Pop Douglas, like I'm all for that. And I would also call Dion Branch and see if he'll come back and, and talk to Pop Douglas also because if you're talking about stylistically I think that he reminds me a little bit more of Dion Branch than Julian Edelman he's yeah. just so involved and I mean I, I you know I hesitate to, to pump him as like oh this is it he's on the team he's got a role on offense um, but I just I don't think you can ignore how much he's in motion how much they're kind of you know playing with him on the inside and, and they don't really do that with anybody else and certainly when they do the guys that they send on the fly sweeps and jet sweeps and stuff like they're not fast, you know. So it just it stands out when they do that stuff with him because it's like here comes this little water bug running across the field. Yeah, I agree that he like the slot stuff. I don't think they have anybody like that old school kind of shifty slot guy. He's the only one really that yeah. fits that mold. Yeah, yeah. I just know how Bill O'Brien loves to highlight quickness in the, especially out of the slot, obviously. And like Paul just said. Who else is really gonna be that jitterbug on the inside that can do that? And they're gonna they'll go empty and they'll clear it out for him. And he's just gonna be one on one with a linebacker or a safety. And he's he's you have to be able that. to exploit that, you know? Because yeah. uh, no matter what defense you're playing, not every one of their defenders is gonna be fast. So you have to be able to exploit when you get that matchup. And you know it. Uh, Parker's not going to do that. Well, but see, but that's, Juju's not but fast. That's the, but that's the drawback of it. Yeah. So if you're right, then make sure if you're a, def- a defender, you put one of the fast guys on him because the other guys aren't fast. But so you don't have to have fast guys on it. Now, I think Bourne is. Yeah. I think Bourne runs much differently than Smith-Schuster and, and especially yeah, Parker. He does. Now, there's something going on with Bourne, and I've always been critical of him because he doesn't always seem to be where and doing what he's supposed to do. I think there's a reason he doesn't play more than he does beyond like the physical, beyond blocking, beyond this. I think I've seen like the last two days he's looked excellent at camp. Yeah. But I don't know if they feel like he's a reliable guy. That seems to be just from afar. Bill, Bill Belichick certainly doesn't tell me any of this, but it looks to me like they don't think he's overly reliable. What have you guys thought of Juju? Like, I, I have to admit, I'm I'm not really better the overly, last couple of days, but not yeah, over the moon. I, I'm not it. overly. I haven't really been blown away by him. Like, I think he's been productive the last couple of days. He's made some catches, but it, it, I was hoping that no I'd wow see plays. a little bit after the catch juice. And and then this is extremely limited sample size right now. But you know, just generally watching him, I think like, he's a break tackles after the catch guy, not, they, a, not run a run away from. Ta- you know what I mean? Yeah. 
which yeah. is fine if he does it. That's, like, and that's I a don't lot care of how players. you get your yards after catch as long as you get them. Well, it's like I, a lot of the yeah. plays we talk about when he's on a, like a little crosser in the red zone, and, and you know, and then he gets contact at like the four, and you're like, eh, we, you're hoping that he's going to break those, but I don't know. He just he does like he as Evan big. said, he is big, and but he just he fits that mold. Like Evan, you know, not I mean, he's different than Parker, but none of those guys on the hoof are are like whoa, you know, and and again, that feels like a little bit with Douglas why he pops so much is because. He's just got that slippery athleticism that, that the other guys don't really have. Yeah. He moves differently than the rest of the group. I, I, I'm not as – I don't know. I'm not as low on Juju, I guess, because – No, I, I'm with you more uh, uh, with that. I think the last couple of days I've yeah. seen some of the I, – I, some flashes. He's not a guy, and this is you know why we talked so much about DeAndre Hopkins and all these other – he's not going to get open on his own. He's not like this route runner that's just going to go out there and, and flash in the sense of that – that pop douglas has with just like the quick twitch and explosiveness but when you get him into those pockets of space and you get him uh, over the middle of the field and on the slants and things like that he's gonna be able to catch it and run and that's what they're hoping to, to he'll be able to do so I'm, I'm waiting to see live tackling like in-game situations is he is he running away from guys is he breaking tackles after the catch it's kind of hard to evaluate that in in this this type of setting all right, 855-PATS-500 is the Ace Ticket Hotline. Web radio at patriots.com is the email address. Let's uh, open the phones up. We'll go to Patty and Agawam. What's up, Patty? What's up, everyone? Hey. Uh, good thing that you guys are talking about porn because I, I watched a lot of the videos from patriots.com, but I I was thought it was very interesting, the uh, Scott Pioli interview with Bill Belichick. He, uh, he asked them what players so far this training camp has impressed him and he's you know just to paraphrase he's like obviously a lot of the second third year guys he's like and even some of the guys that have been that you know that have been um more veteran guys and he brought up bentley he brought up uh Pearl peppers hunter henry and he brought up kendrick Bourne. and i just was that when he was talking I, to I pioli it was on, yeah 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 i think it was on this show <laughs> you reading something where i where you guys had said um you know, Matt Patricia obviously didn't like him, but I think Bill likes him. And I just, I kind of wanted to get your guys' opinion on, on, yeah. On, uh, I would say that last year that no one liked They're Kendrick Bourne. Like if Bill Belichick wanted <laughs> Except Kendrick us because his quotes were no, great. Like if Kendrick Bourne, if Bill Belichick wanted Kendrick Bourne to play last year, he would have played. Like I, I'm tired of blaming the Kennedy assassination on Matt Patricia. <laughs> like I, I get it. They got he got in the doghouse, and maybe he got in Patricia's doghouse, and that's how it started. Yeah. If Bill Belichick, with that offense for 17 games, thought that Kendrick Bourne was the answer to help fix it, he would have been playing, right? Yeah. And I, I heard the same stuff, Patty. I heard Bourne talk about his relationship with Bill. He he Thanks, uh, Patty. he went to great lengths in saying he's the kind of guy that I know even after my career is over, I'm still going to be in contact with Bill Bell. Like, I think there is a sort of rapport. Great. Good word. Um, you know, between the two. I don't think it's a personal kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think there are things that Bourne doesn't do on the field, like probably mentally. You know, for Belichick to just say, I, I can rely on this guy as a, you know, an, a 90-plus percent right. playtime guy. The, right. the ship has sailed, right? Like, I mean, I it think is what so. it is. I and, think so. Uh, you know, we keep ch- trying to talk about him as if he's going to have a breakout year here and, and year whatever it is for him. But a uh, nice day for him today. I though, think he's a good like, complimentary I receiver. I think any team would be fine with him as a complimentary piece. If you're asking him to be one of your best guys, I, I don't think he's consistent enough. Yeah, like if you – I just – 
you can go back to 21 where it's not about Matt Patricia and he's still a part-time player. Like yeah. he's still a rotational right. guy. I know he played a lot more down the stretch in 21 once he yeah. got hot, he but did like get hot. but yeah. he was still a 50% snap guy in, in 21 and they still didn't play him in the run game with McDaniel's either. And I think Paul's point's perfect like if they still had Gronk and Edelman and he's like the third guy, like he's the Chris Hogan of that Fine. group, then he would be really good at that. But and I like him. I, I mean, he's a hard guy not to like. He just doesn't come with a cloak of invisibility like correct. Hogan did. Right. Correct. Sometimes he that does. That would help him. <laughs> just during games. He did in that, yeah. that, what was he that just the puts Tennessee it on. game he kind of did. Yeah, wow. right? Yeah, they, the big he, catch and run against Tennessee. It's like, it looked like no one, no one knew where he was when they were trying like to tackle him. He's like a bubble boy. He had Do- it on the first week of training camp. That was where yeah. he was. was like, Dominique's in New York. What's up? Oh, no, he isn't. He's <laughs> off the line. Uh, let's go to Delaware. Gabriel's there. Hey, Gabriel. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, my question to y'all would be when we go to that week one game, who do you guys think is going to be the starting O-line? Oh, God. That's a great question. That's a okay. Great question. Andrews and Neil for sure. Yeah, hey, we're going to bring Stephen Neal out of retirement. Yeah, absolutely. I'm n- not Neal. Why do I? Cole Strange. I don't hey, know why I, I said like, Stephen Neal. Okay. Uh, and I think Trent Brown will be out there. I, yeah. I mean, I think if everybody's healthy, I, I don't know about Onwenu. We, we haven't seen Onwenu well, ever. It's easy so. to say who the starting line is going to be if everybody's healthy. Yeah. Well, well, I think those three will be there. Now, on the other side, I'm not sure. Like, I'm say, right now, I would say. Why are you so co- confident in, in, in uh, Cole Strange and Trent Brown? Because they will be. Okay, I'm, I'm with, telling you. I'm okay. with Fred on this. I think yeah. those two guys will be all right. I think it's going to be Mafi at right guard. I don't think we're going to see him when you. I think when you might just be pup and, and into the season. Yeah, see that I'm not. I'm not. I don't know about him and when you. So that's up for grabs. And Connor right McDermott. now you'd have to say McDermott. Evans is your, guy is your right tackle, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm about ready to call it for Connor McDermott at this point. I would probably go Trent at left. Strange, yeah. Andrews. I think Big Mike will be fine. Connor McDermott. Now, why do you say you think Big Mike will be fine? Like ready to go week one final. See, I have more, we haven't even seen. Him. I have more yeah. confidence in Big Mike than I do Strange and Brown because Strange and Brown are out there not doing anything. Yeah, but I know out there. I but I know why Owenu's not. Yeah. Is my point. I think yeah. this is a different. For whatever reason, I, I, I don't necessarily know why, but I think this is a little bit of some. You know, we talk a lot about Bill evolving with with the times, and today's athlete. And that sort of thing. And I think some of these things that we're seeing with guys like Judon and Trent Brown, and it's a little bit of evolving. I think that they know that those guys are veteran guys. They played a lot of football for this team. They have some younger guys at those spots that they probably want to take a look at in training camp anyways. And I guess you could throw Ramondre into this category too. And do you really need Trent Brown out there yeah, I know that. We, I know right that now. we we get on Trent Brown for like you know being out, and all, but I think he earned some credits last year for playing under the weather and sick. And remember those games where he wouldn't even come out for warmups, but he'd come out for the game because he just wasn't right. But then, but he played, and that's more than he did in the past. Yeah, yeah but he. It's just a lot with him. There's always See, something. Like, you just like I mean, like I just look at it totally differently. Like you're tying like these roster game roster bonuses to him, and he's going out there doing the bare minimum, like because he need, we wanted to get paid. Like I just don't I don't have any faith in the guy. I think he can play when so, he decides he's engaged and wants to play. So he you don't physically think, has the ability to play. You you think he didn't go out for warmups last year because he was? I think he did exactly just like. Why did you report early? Because I was told to. I think that's the epitome of Trent Brown. 
the exact minimum I have to do to get by. That's what he does. I think if he wanted it, he could be a, a Pro Bowl caliber player if he wanted oh, it. Instead, I, yeah. he made the Pro Bowl once when the Ra- with the Raiders. He probably was in a contract year. I'd have to look. But he probably had something that he was he was fighting for with the Raiders. I, I don't disagree with you overall on Trent Brown, but they have no choice. None. He, he's by far their best tackle, and it's not even close. Yeah. So whether he's bought in, whether he's been spending too much time at the buffet table so he needs to condition some more, whatever the case may be, although Belichick said that he came in underweight, that he came in uh, lighter than he has the last couple years. So that makes you believe that he's in good shape. But regardless – they need him. They they have no other choice. No, so the the thing with Brown is, like you just never like the the reliability. And what worries me the most is someone asked me, who do you think has more leverage? Brown or Judon? You know, if they're holding in, so to speak, right? And I said, Brown Brown by far, and the reason is. Like, we're just sitting around the, the, the know-it-all tent, right? And Andy Hart says, I'd cut him. Like, if, if Bill Belichick and I and, – and Andy He's talking said, about Judon? Brown. Oh, Brown. Okay. And, and Andy, Andy said, you know, I, I, I still believe in the Belichick mantra that he has always said, like, you know, sometimes the more talented guy isn't what's best for the team. And in this case, that, that might be – you might be better off with a lesser player – doing what you want him to do and what you need him to do, even though physically he's not as good. And you can make an argument for that. Yep. But when he said I would cut Trent Brown, Phil Perry from NBC Sports Boston's head turned around so fast and his, it, like his whole face was like white. Like, what are you talking about? You can't do that. And both of them are right. You can't cut him because what are you going to do? And I get it. It's like – you know, you want to be that high school coach who treats them all the yeah, same, right, you know. Right. It doesn't work like that. You can't afford it. Like, Evan's been telling you every day about Connor McDermott and Riley Reef at the tackles. I would shudder to think what would happen if, if that was the situation for 17 games. I don't think they can afford it, and that's when he's the most dangerous. When you need him the most? When you need him the most. And, that's what and, worries and me. And when he has the leverage. And, and yeah, when he has the leverage, he you know I I, I just would worry about yeah. Well, well, I mean it's always fair been point with him, right? Need, Ever I think since we need Scar back. to come in here and yeah. light a fire under him or something. <laughs> We're I don't saying know. that into like the tw- the next century. Poor like, guy, just he, just, he just can't retire. <laughs> I I've I've come around on on some of the. I think the receivers last couple of days have made me feel a little bit better about their their supporting cast in that respect because guys are starting to get open and they are starting to make some plays down the field. The way that they treated the tackle position this offseason is is just malpractice. I know. Well, you just hope like, that that isn't what de- derails the whole thing. That's, and, I mean, that's you, my concern. You like everything that they're doing, you know, with all the window dressing, the motion, all the stuff that Bill O'Brien's put in. You love it. But we all know that if your offensive line stinks, it's going to blow it up right in your face. It's not even going to matter how good of a coordinator you have if Matt has one and a half seconds before right. he's on his back. I mean, they just they had the free agent tackles. This was a good free agent tackle class. There was multiple guys that – that got good contracts and can play start starting tackles that can play in the league. And we were talking about this up top deuce, like how, how much better would you feel if the only question mark really was Trent Brown's want to and, and, and buy in because the other spot, Mike McGlinchey is here and is you're not worried about that at all. I made the yeah. comment to Matt Smith about the, the Atlanta guy, McGarry, Caleb McGarry, McGarry, you know, the other day where we were talking about it, 
this it did okay you didn't want to take one of the tackles maybe you didn't love the tackles in the draft you had an opportunity instead of five million you spend 10 million or something uh you, you know you spent five million on riley reef spend 10 million you know maybe you know whatever a little bit more to get one of those guys that i think would have been more of a sure thing. Yeah. Is, it, is, is, is Tyron Smith still with Dallas or is he a free agent? No, he's still with Dallas. You, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, although Michael Parsons threw him about a mile. In the <laughs> yeah. The guy, the guy to keep an eye on uh, veteran-wise is in Cincinnati. Jonah they, Williams. Yeah. They, they have a little bit of a, a – you know, they have some depth on the offensive line, and I think they're looking to turn it over a little bit, and he, he seems to be unhappy. Yeah, he hasn't played very well the last couple of years. The injuries have really piled up on him, but he was one of the better players in this draft coming out, and I think somebody that at this point I would say that Jonah Williams is worth a, a, a trade flyer. Dominique from New York is back on the line. What's up, Dominique? Hey, how y'all doing? Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, yeah, sure can. Awesome, awesome. great. Uh Thank you for touching on it earlier. Uh, thinking about the defense, I know we've been talking about the offense a lot, um, but looking at some of the rookies and how they play, Keon White was one guy that I wanted to ask about. I didn't hear much about, but I think I forget who touched upon it earlier. So, I mean, me. you shared a, a thought on that. But but going back um, to sort of the, the top performers, thinking about Christian Gonzalez, it, it's interesting because, you know, I think it was earlier mentioned that he was really doing very well initially, especially around, you know, mini camp. Channing Ramp, he's made some plays. Um, he struggled a little bit, or at least uh, in the past, or has given up big plays. I mean, one thing that I love is with Bill O'Brien and the complexity of his offense or the, the motions that he's going to be able to throw, hopefully it helps a young guy like him learn to kind of read things a little bit ahead of time, understand what, you know, defenses might do. Hopefully it gives him an, an edge and, you know, we get a sort of Sauce Gardner-type, uh, you know, rookie season from him. That's my hope. Um, but but beyond that, I, I wanted to ask, outside of Matt Dudon, does anyone flash as a potential game-breaker uh, for you, whether it's Duggar, whether it's Gonzalez, you know, Juwan Benton's been solid through the middle. Um, and lastly, just a note on the offense. Love the fact that I'm hearing about the intensity. Uh, I know our identity's been disciplined for the most part, um, but I kind of want some fire from the team. You know, we're not going to be great. I, I think I can be realistic and admit that. We have the potential to be good, I think, but what takes us over the edge? And if you combine that, you know, disciplined Belichick team with a little bit of intensity, scrappiness, more personality even, even, you know, as far as that'll go, I, I would be, you know, more interested and in, it would make the team more enjoyable to watch. Um, also, one last question. During training camp, do they ever sort of do situations with mobile quarterbacks? I don't know if that's just a game plan uh, week to week that they do with specific teams, just knowing that, you know. They do, but not when we're there. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. We saw an OTA. <laughs> they did that a lot more in the They're spring. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. They, and they will, you know, when they certainly week one, They'll have a package ready for, you know, Hertz, you know, to defend him. Uh, but we won't see those practices. You know? Yeah, I wish that they were doing a little bit. But they continue to do that as they did in the spring because that regardless of who's that quarterback, that's you're going to face RPO. You're going to face all that kind of stuff every single week now. Yeah. Every team has that in their, in their playbook, and uh, the Patriots have had trouble with it. Like, you're going to face – Hurts in week one who can run and then you're going to face Miami in week two who run RPO up your butt all the time yep. so it's like it's uh, you got to practice against it I wish they were doing that a little bit more thanks Dominique there were a lot of questions um, in he, there. He, um, he, his other question is you know other than Gonzalez who we talked about who was flashed on defense who could be a real g a game wrecker for another team I mean I, I don't know about game wrecker that's that's hard to say I mean I think Mapu's been around a lot I mean I think the safeties have all been really involved I'm not sure if they're trying to 
figure out what's best or if they're going to continue just to kind of roll through those safeties. Um, I, I mean, I've been impressed with Gonzalez. I just I don't know if he's ever going to be that sauce gardener presence that's so physical. Um, but I, I think even a lot of the catches that Gonzalez has given up, he's been right there and has been competitive. And, you know, some some guys have come down with some great catches on him, too. Yeah. If I was the Patriots, I would, if I was Bill Belichick, I would call Kyle Duggar into my office, say, call your agent. And I would put a contract on the table yeah. for Kyle Duggar right now yeah. because he's going to have a huge year. He's going to have a huge year. And, and, he, and he's got a lot of tread left on his tires. And speaking of tires, Bridgestone is the official tire of the New England Patriots and proud partner with Sullivan Tire. New England's headquarters for quality Bridgestone tires. Visit SullivanTire.com to find a location near you. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. Get in on the action with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the New England Patriots. New customers can download the DraftKings app now and play free for millions in prizes using code PATS. That's code PATS only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. But hey, Patriots fans, if you want to see Toyota's best offers, including those not seen on TV, go to buyatoyota.com. It's Toyota's official website for deals from the official vehicle of the New England Patriots, Toyota. Let's go places. All right, we're back here on Patriots Unfiltered. 855-PATS-500 is the Ace Ticket Hotline. Web radio at Patriots.com is the email address. I just want to read this one email that came in yesterday. Uh, so he's talking mostly about Tuesday's show. And I, I hope things are better for him now. But uh, this is uh, Mike in Nova Scotia. He says, I love the show. Listen for years. I've got great respect for the PU crew. I have a couple of bones to pick with the recent coverage of training camp. While Fred and Tamara tried to inject some positivity into yesterday's show with the three amigos, Mike, Paul, and Evan, they weren't having it. The negativity, especially from Deuce, is getting out of hand. And yesterday went too far. After standing on his soapbox for weeks about getting D-hop, he was so down on the team yesterday that he said it wasn't. he wasn't sure if it would make a difference if D-hop was here. I'm not sure what he expects from the offense six days into camp while installing the third system in three years with one padded practice. Evan, I love your passion and often agree with your opinions, but you would do well to remember one of Fred's favorite sayings, we don't know what they know. I would point to the draft where both you and Deuce, who put considerable effort into your boards, and yet when Mapu was picked, you and Deuce were at a bit of a loss as to the particulars of the player, the same player who by most indications has turned heads at camp. Paul, I love the snark, which has been missing somewhat lately and at the risk of being on the receiving end of it. Come on, man. Talking about the reps of the third-string quarterback a week into camp and how it was odd compared to the Brady years, it's like you want a QB controversy. Maybe unlike some of the PU panel, the Patriots haven't decided on the roster and actually want to look at the players they have in camp. What a concept. I enjoy the camp coverage, but yesterday, it means Tuesday, I found myself wishing Eric was back, and that's not a compliment. I don't expect coverage that just paints a, raz- a rosy picture, but I don't expect all doom and gloom either. While we all have our opinions on the draft, that shouldn't cloud our judgment of the players here. On the draft, I agree with Paul and others that it takes a few years to see what you really have. The last couple of drafts appear to have been pretty good, and this year's class certainly has potential. With your top draft picks uh, play meaningful when when your top draft picks play meaningful snaps in their rookie year, I think it bodes well for the future, Cole Strange included. When we get to joint practices and preseason games, we will have a better idea of where things stand. Until then, 
Can we dial back on the negativity until it's at least warranted? Well, there you go. I thought, I'd, good, I thought good, I'd read that. Good, thorough email. Um, I'm going to give him what he wants. I'm going to give him a little snark. <laughs> right? He asked me for – he said he was disappointed oh. that I haven't given much snark. Oh. At the risk of being on the receiving end, I'm going to put him on the receiving end of it. <laughs> um, so when the rookies weren't playing from day one and they were winning titles, that was a bad thing. But now that rookies are stepping in right now, that bodes well. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, that's snark. That's snark. Um, I would just say, like I said, I thought it was a very good email. I thought he was very fair and balanced. Obviously, he is a passionate fan. And he looks at things uh, a, l- a little bit um, more optimistically than most uh, others who have been watching. But I would just say keep your advice. You know, you should heed your own advice. You're you're making sure that Evan, Mike, and, and myself, you know, we're cognizant of the fact that we don't know what they know when we're criticizing but it's okay i guess to praise when we don't know what they know hmm. what was that right because he's like he's all over you know Ma, like mapu Dude, like he was really on oh, you. He, he was mad at You're you and very Evan. negative he was mad at you and evan he was looking for some snark from me which oh, oh. really a role was there something most specific? people want less snark from i me. apologize for missing the email was there something specific you're just so negative ever since they well, didn't sign hopkins you've been down in the dumps <laughs> gloomy gust not even sure if that would have made any difference <laughs> yeah no it was um like i said it was a very fair and balanced yeah. email even though it was critical of us i i welcome that that kind of feedback well Honest, I mean, honestly dude, did you bring me anything I'm sorry i i brought you some cornbread or some chicken thighs fred oh, that looked it. like you had it, it was yeah okay no that's good Slim I'll, 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 I'll pick I on that want, i know i know I'll pick I, on the that. elevators here are a mess that's okay um well, I feel more positive about the team the last couple of days so i mean i guess you yeah. know that that's got to be worth something to him um yeah. No, my guess is you had a good show today. <laughs> uh, how that works. Terrence from Colts Territory that's, wants to know when we're in snark. Frankfurt this year, if there will be a place for te- uh, fans to congregate. There will be. Oh. Uh, so um, not ready to announce that yet, but we'll have a pub that will be for the fans um, that week. So definitely a place for Patriots fans to congregate. Uh, plus, we'll have some other place, too, that uh, will be really cool. cool. So it'll it'll be a great week in Frankfurt. Uh, he also says, I hope I don't um, see myself as a – I hope I don't, but I see myself as a realist and not having a legit number one receiver is concerning with this quarterback. I believe Belichick still treats his offense as if Brady's still elevating everyone, even average players. Mac hasn't shown the capability of doing that, so he needed a number one receiving threat. I, re- uh, I refuse to be like some of these Patriots fans who act as if nothing's wrong. Hope to see you guys. Oh, that, well, that certainly yeah. stands a stock contrast right. to the last Ex- email. Exactly. Yeah. What, so. what was it? A, no, a nothing's wrong email, though. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't believe it. I can't believe somebody has watched the last, you know, three years wait, of what we've wait till something happens before you get negative. Okay. Well, things are happening at training uh, camp. Like we spent all. Mike, off you don't season. have to convince me. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I, now I'm getting a little hot. I'm getting you, a little you, hot. You here. can get hot. Go ahead. That'd be good for me to be able to write. Well, I just. I, you know, do you want reasonable analysis? Do you want us to talk about what we're seeing? That we get frustrated. We want them to do well. I want to come out here and see them tossing the ball around the field like they've kind of been doing the last couple of days. We owe we owe it to the listeners to tell it like we see it. So I mean, if if Deuce thinks things aren't, you know, looking right, he has an obligation to say that. Just like today, where things look better for the offense, he's saying that they look better, and so. Yeah. You're gonna get this. You're gonna get straight scoop. This, this is agenda-free radio. We don't have agendas here. 
you know? No, and I, I mean, and I, I might. But <laughs> you, you, well, I mean, and I, I, I love watching the game, and I love watching it well executed and well played. And you know, I certainly the last couple of years of of average football and poor decisions have colored a little bit of what I bring into this season. Now that said, I'm feeling pretty optimistic right now. I think that they've got a number of players on defense who are working in. The rookies certainly are working in and, and showing promise on both sides of the ball. And the offense is starting to cook a little bit. And I think that that's you know, something that you can't just – I still really believe that you, know, you can have an offense that plays above the sum of their parts. You can't just look at their talent level and say, that's what they are, that's what they're going to play. Do I still think that if they play together and they're all on the same page – then it can look pretty good. Last year, they weren't all on the same page, and they also weren't very talented, so it looked right. disastrous. I remember, Deuce has a high bar. He's the one who said he was tired of 12 and 4 I seasons. I need at least 13 so. or 14 wins before yeah. I get excited. Yeah. Uh, Tim's in the U.K. on the Ace Ticket Hotline. What's up, Tim? Uh, Tim. Hey, there. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Uh, excellent. Long, uh, uh, long time, first time. Uh, thanks for all the content. Uh, absolutely love it here in the U.K. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Uh, so I got a uh, lot on my mind, as uh, as all of Pat's Nation does. Um, I got a take on Max that uh, I'd like to share, and a uh, question, uh, yeah, questions about it as well. Okay, yeah. the, the yep. floor go, is yours. Go ahead. Fire when ready. So I w- obviously want Max to succeed this year. I really hope he is good enough. Uh, that he retains the market value and we can trade him. Because I don't think Mac Jones is going to win a Super Bowl in the NFL, either with the Pats or with any other team. Um, and I think the sooner we move on, the better. And if we can, you know, uh, trade Mac, get some draft capital, hopefully, you know, hit the draft with a, you know, another, take another shot at a quarterback and uh, and, and move on. Because I, I don't see it going where we all want it to go with Mac Jones. Well, I mean, do you are you willing to give him this year, you think, or are you, are you ready to move on right now? I'll give him this year, um, and this kind of leads on to the question that I had in mind for you. Um, how bad does Mac Jones need to be this year uh, for you to uh, want to trade him? Um, how good does he have to be this year for you to want to uh, give him the uh, fifth-year extension? Um, whatever metric you want, it can be numbers, stats, it can be the eyeball test. Um, yeah, how how good or bad does he have to be to move the needle one way or the other? Well, for bad, I'd say he's got to get pulled for Zappy. I think if he gets pulled for Zappy, then it's kind of over. I mean, I don't know what you know. I agree. You need like a specific. Like, I think the fifth-year option is almost a foregone conclusion, unless it just bottoms out. I agree with you, Mike. It's just hard. I mean, I, you know, what he's speaking to. It's it's almost harder to be in the middle and you know, not quite know than it is to be terrible and to be like, we know we don't go. But, you know, from what we've seen from Mac the last couple of days, I mean, I think he's been playing well. And, and I think he's in a third-year situation where, based on last year, he deserves a full chance. And with what they're doing with Bill O'Brien and how he's working things in together, how it's starting to come together, how you see, you know, progression, like it's okay to, to have a little bit of optimism about maybe what, what Mac has right now yeah. and what, what he'll be able to do within this offense. He's going to – I said it so many times. Like he's up against it. He's yeah. got. I mean, such a tough division, such such a tough conference, such a tough schedule. He, it's a high, high bar for him. Well, to thanks have a for the call, season. Tim. Um, I'm not ready to move on. I, 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 um, and but if he doesn't play well, yeah, we're gonna be start. We're gonna start thinking about who's the next guy. 
I don't know about trading him. You know, he says, you know, trade for draft capital. I mean, if he's at that point, what do yeah, you get for him? Uh, like at best, a right? Third if he's not rounder, playing well for us, maybe. you know, yeah. So you're not going to get, you know, uh, a haul for Mac Jones if you trade him. You you don't have to extend him right away. He's only in his third year, so you could you could play him in his fourth year. I just want to know who's the next guy, and I think they're going to be competitive this year. So it's not like they're going to have a top five pick, you know. Um, you're in a tough place. You are in the place where a lot of NFL teams have been. It's it's NFL purgatory. You're not bad enough to get that top pick, and you're not good enough to to win a Super Bowl, and you don't have the franchise quarterback and so you're kind of stuck and you kind of have to hope for luck and you know maybe you know you sign that that bridge quarterback and you know for now you you just got to hope that Mac can develop this year that's 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 what you have to hope for I mean I was almost going to say in a perfect world you could have just really bought him out in 2020 and you know they still were able to almost have a 500 season with Cam Newton but in hindsight you know, like, like at the time, you're like, oh, we could have had Zach Wilson. We could have had Trey Lance. And now it's like, well, you weren't getting Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I guess we could talk about Justin Fields, how you feel about that situation. But, you know, even that, it's it's a tough thing. Like, oh, hey, we got a top five pick. Y- you still want to swung and missed, even, maybe even worse than you did with Mac at right. 15. So it, there's just no easy solution. It's not like, all right, just cast Mac off. We'll get the next guy. Like, there's no assurance that you're going to get somebody that's even as good as Mac is. Yeah, I mean, you know. The Lions made the trade with the Rams, right? Yeah. And they got Jared Goff. And that might be the type of quarterback that you might end up, if Mac doesn't work out, in order, you know, because you're not going to get that blue chip quarterback coming out of the draft probably, unless you tank. And I don't want to tank. I don't, I don't want to do that, you know? And I don't think the team can ever be that bad to do it without tanking, you know? So you're in a tough position. Yeah. So I think now that's the most Boston comment ever. They could never lose enough games unless they were trying to lose. <laughs> I, I don't think with Belichick as the coach, they could be a two yeah. and. I would I would team. largely agree right. with you. I just was yeah. kind of yeah. funny yeah. the way you said it's, it. It's oh, not a Boston not thing. Here. It's, it's a Belichick. Not on my watch. Thing. Yeah, it's a Belichick thing. Yeah. Plus, I don't want to have that team that the culture is losing. You know. I know. Yeah, I don't think that's the culture no. is losing. If you do that, I don't think those guys are around when you're when yeah. you rebuild. But, but it's you're in a tough spot. You're in a tough spot. So, obviously, your first hope is, is Mac is the guy. And I think we owe it to him to give him this season, to, to see that. I'm not ready to – it sounded like Tim was ready right now. But you, you asked him, and he said, well, yeah, he'll give him this season. But I think, you know, he Mac has to play really well for Tim to stick with him. I The, the question I'm sure that, that, you know, some fans are probably asking, and I, I am, it's like, what what's worse? Like, would you rather go – seven and ten again eight and nine again or would you rather just three wins and just bottom out and then you know and then have to redo it like if you just keep it staying in the middle you're always it's it's hard to break that cycle unless the rookies i know break out. but like rookies got to break out i mean the, yeah. the young guys got to break out this year that's what that's how you get out of this cycle of of, of middling teams with you know you have a very good head coach who's going to get the team ready to, to play and now you have a competent offensive system so i mean the pieces are in place it's really i think just comes down to you know what Paul talks about talent. You know you got these talented guys have to emerge, have to get a chance, have to play. You know, and so in that regard, you're excited about guys like Douglas. Uh, you know, and maybe you're. I'm a little bit disappointed right now in Tyquan Thornton. Just it's been. You know, we we talked about him as being the wild card 
yeah. they kind of flopped Juju for Jacoby. Kind of a wash. It certainly even now seems more of a, a wash. I mean, I guess we'll see. I I, almost, I feel like Juju's got still got sh- big shoes to live up to with Jacoby. Um, but you haven't gotten anything out of Thornton yet. And yeah. that's, you know, he was the X factor for that group that could really maybe change the dynamic. And now you're hoping it's Douglas. You know, you mentioned, would you rather go 3-14 and 14 or just be middling? And, you know, I, I think about the story in Miami where the owner and, you know, this I don't know if this is true, but this was a, a report that the owner – told Flores to tank and he said he'd actually pay him like for loss extra money for every loss and and you know you think well you know head coach thinking about the future of the team maybe he'd buy into that and Flores said no way I'm not going to do that integrity yeah I'm not going to do that now I don't know if that but that's the report I don't know but I could see you know Belichick isn't going to tank ever no ever but you just you, you, I really wonder how it's all going to come together this season just with how tough their schedule is and you know yeah. like, and it's a real opportunity for them to maybe turn the page and actually you know start knocking off some of these good teams I mean just right out of the gate like I mean I, you know I, I don't I don't I never try to make too much out of week 1 I think win or lose yeah. it's often a weird game and it's often not indicative of what kind of team you are it's just kind of that day how, good or how bad. but yeah but but I still think if you were to somehow pull out a win over the darlings of the league in Philadelphia and there'd be a little bit of swag, and you'd certainly need it going into that Week 2 game, which I think is even more meaningful against Miami, which is a game that, yeah. you know, really you want to be a second – you want to have a ceiling at least of the second overall finish in the AFC East. I think you got to win that game. Uh, Christian's in L.A. What's up, Christian? Hey, you guys. How are you today? Good. Good. Hey, so, uh, one, I, I'm going to start backwards and go forward real, really quick. I think Week 1 really does say a lot. I think it's indicative – of how the team takes to the, the coaching and the preparation that's, that's needed. Like last year, we saw in week one that the team just looked disheveled. They looked confused, and they never really recovered. So I, I think week one is a real good indicator of how the team is taking to the new coaching. Two, with Mac Jones, I think really, to be honest, we need to give him two full seasons in one offensive system to really see if he's the guy. He's not gotten that consistently. And so with any of the quarterbacks that you guys have seen be really successful, even the ones that have come in and had a lot of doubt around them, like a Josh Allen, it took two seasons in one system to really blossom. So until we give Mac that, it's like, you know, we're doing the same thing that the Cleveland Browns do and all these other middling teams where they just they cast off everything too soon before they – before they really uh, um, find out what's going well, on because the fans. Well, I, I would just be curious. Kind of thing. I would be curious. Which which of those teams do you think did that? Give me an example of a team you think that cast. I think the Buffalo Bills. They cast off their quarterback the too Bills soon? Have, oh, no, 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 no. Give me an example of a team you think they cast off their quarterback too soon. Yeah, I think maybe I think maybe the Cleveland Browns. I think okay. Baker Mayfield can play football. He can't. Maybe he's not the best locker room guy or the best kind of football yeah, player. Yeah, I, I think he's had opportunities around the league and he looks the same. As he did in Cleveland, like I, I don't think Cleveland right, waited too long to they, to pull the plug on him. Remember, I think I Cleveland think he nearly beat they nearly beat the the, the the Chiefs with Baker Mayfield. So don't yeah, that doesn't mean that Cleveland's not a good team. Well. I didn't say that. I think Cleveland's a talented team that needs a quarterback. And they had a quarterback that was, that was in their system. If he would have remained in the system, same team. Again, he did remain in the system the next year, and what year? happened? They didn't do that well, but that, that happened. But, 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 game, right? but why didn't they do that well? I think when you just. Because he was terrible. 
He was one of the worst quarterbacks in football in, in that year. That was 21, so, I think. The year the Patriots I made think the that playoffs. Was 21. Right? That right. the year that Mac made the playoffs yeah. was 21, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, he was terrible that season. I mean, it was one of the worst performances I've seen that, look, live. I'll tell you that. He was awful I, in the game against the Patriots. I, I concur on that. Like, I don't it, think that Cleveland waited, to, you know, you know, pulled the plug too quick. I think when you know, – like, I think the worst thing that you can do is embrace mediocrity. Mm-hmm. It's the absolute – like, to me, it's like Andy Dalton, I'm going to ride it out for six, seven, eight years, and all of a sudden now I'm looking for a new coach, a new direction, a new quarterback, and I, I, I knew he wasn't the guy in year three, but I stuck with him through, through year six. I think that's the worst so thing you can do, saying, and I think that maybe the Giants might be in that boat right now. With Jones? Yeah. Sure. Okay, so you're saying you see that, that Mac does not have Oh, I didn't say anything. I'm not talking that's about Mac Jones. I'm pushing back on the, don't we don't want to be like least. these other teams that pull the plug too soon. I don't think there are a lot of examples of teams that pull the plug too soon. I think there are far more examples of teams that wait too long with mediocre to below average quarterbacks than there are really good quarterbacks that teams didn't give enough of a, of a leash. Right. And it's also guys like Josh Allen who are insanely physically talented. Josh but Allen needs was to... really good in year two. Right. Like, but, then like, he got digs and he got to another stratosphere. Like, But you knew what he had to thanks, do. Thanks, Christian. He, what he had to do to reach that next level. And Like, Mac, he is what, you know, he kind of is the high floor guy. So there's not like if he can just learn to throw accurately. Like, he can throw accurately. Like, I don't think that there's anything. If he can just like, learn, the, you know, the defenses. He knows the defenses. Right. Like, if he can just learn the offense. Starting. And this is, by the way, like, I, I want to push back a little bit on something else. The whole third offense in three years. That's not really true. That's not really true. Now, Bill O'Brien is different than Josh McDaniels. I'm not saying it's exactly the same. But the core principles of their offense are pretty much the same. And I don't think last year was just a complete departure from what they were doing schematically. It was a complete departure with a guy not having any idea how to sequence and call plays and game plan and do all that stuff. Like, I, I think he was not done any favors by Matt Patricia last year. But do you – like, I don't look at this as, like, a whole new cast of characters with Bill O'Brien and no, Josh McDaniels. Did anybody say that with, with Brady? No. It was the same thing, right? It's Bill. It was Bill Belichick. It was the offense that Ron Earhart made who knows how long ago, and they've used it really ever since. I'm sure there's some nuance to the terminology. Absolutely, Absolutely differences with Bill O'Brian you, and Josh McDaniels. But you, can't you should compare, lose your job if you don't change your terminology. Right. You, you can't compare him, though, to guys who have had three different head coaches. And, you know, that's like, you know, I mean, look at Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that's a complete change in everything. The head coach is gone, a whole new offense, all new weapons. I mean, that's a big change. I, I think there has been some continuity with Mac. I, that, that all said, I just think. The position he was put in, we're all on the same page. He needs he needs a yeah, chance. I think but he, need, he deserves yeah. a chance. And I, I think he absolutely deserves a chance. I don't think, like I said, I think he's going to get the fifth year option unless he really like unless like you said like unless he loses the job. Yeah. If he loses the job to Zappy, then you know, he's probably not going to get it. But I think he's going to get more than enough opportunities to play. Like if he goes three years, and you don't know yet, and the team gives him a fourth, that's more in that. We're embracing mediocrity. Then, yeah, it's a quarterback on a manageable contract right. more than anything else. Yeah, exactly. We don't have. We didn't have a better option. Uh, Todd's in North Carolina. Hey, Todd. Hey guys, I just got a quick uh, take on kind of your idea that we beat Philly. So I'd kind of want to know which two rookie or second year players would you see that would have to stand out for us to beat. Philly. For me, it'd be maybe Mapu and whoever's playing tackle opposite our big guy. 
because I, you know, we need a, a line and we need to stop the speedy. So I'd be interested to hear which two you guys would think. Thanks, guys. Uh, Great show. Bye now. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I like seeing Mapu play a bunch. I'm still not convinced he's got a role on defense week one, much less this year. I mean, I, I'm excited to see where he ends up, but I, I'm not convinced that he's, you know, really a factor. I mean, I, 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 w- I would put some of the lighter linebackers in there, though. I think Mac Wilson's probably in that mix a little bit more than Mapu is. Uh, mobile guy, struggled last year against Lamar. Um, he'd be the first one. I mean, it's easy to say the tackles. They, they're gonna, they got to get tackle play. They got to get good play up front. That's a, a beast of an offensive line. They've got a number of talented players, and I think that's where that game is, is, is mostly going to be won or lost. Yeah. And I know why Todd picked Mapu because of uh, Jalen Hurts. And, yeah. you know, he would, you know, I just think that's asking a lot of a young guy to go out there in your first game and have to deal with something right. so sort of outside the box. I just think he's, he's I mean, and I'm not sure exactly what Marpu is yet. No, neither am I. And that's, I mean, people are kind of making fun of uh, me and Evan for our reactions online. Uh, oh, that was part of the email. Part of the email was, yeah, they, yeah. they said that. And, and, I, and, I, and I stand by what I said at the time. I said, if this all works out perfectly, what is he? I don't know. I still don't know yet. I mean, we've seen him play a little safety. We've seen him play a little linebacker. Uh, he looks like he's pretty comfortable out there so far, but I, I still don't know exactly how he beats out Kyle Duggar. Adrian Phillips, you know, all those guys, Jabril Peppers, all those guys are ahead of him. Jalen Mills, I mean, he's he's buried right now on the depth chart. I know we all want that mobile, you know, second-level guy, but we'll, we'll have to see. I'm still waiting to see on him. And I, I love the player. I love the idea of the player. I think that's what a lot of people are more in love with than actual Marte Mapu is just the idea of what Marte Mapu could be. But as, as the emailer said, I'm waiting to see it on the field first. And so far it's just been he's playing in a number of spots. On the, on the lower level of reps. Uh, let's go to Willem and Philem. What's up, William? Hey, Fred. How you doing? All right. All right. Uh, question is for uh, Deuce and uh, Paul. Well, I, first of all, how y'all doing, too? Fellas? We're good. We're good. How you doing? Super. Uh, all right. All right. Um, so I, I got I to ask this one, okay? What is going on? with my boy Tyquan Thornton. I mean, here we are. We got George Pickham making one-hand catches He's over Jordan Porter and handing him the ball. Like, I, and we got a receiver here that has 4-2-8 speed and hasn't shown really anything. I mean, do we consider this as another bust for Bill again? Uh, I, the only, I mean, a little I, early for that. Yeah, it's a little early. I, I just don't know. He might have some kind of physical issue. Maybe he's like got a tweaked hamstring or something. I mean, any way I tell anything, I tell you right now, it's not going to be positive. But he's, you know, he's just not really. He's doing the warm-up drills and then he goes down to the lower field. Now, most of those guys either, you know, we're speculating there's no depth behind them and they're needed, or they have contract concerns. That's Taekwon's not a contract concern guy. So it's a uh, no. It's right. a disappointing start. I haven't I haven't ruled them out yet, and I think really where all of our information, the majority of the good information is going to come from joint practices. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, you don't need to jump off the ledge just yet about anything. But, you know, once we get out there, is on when you available? Does he come back? Is Strange back? You know, th- that's when the rubber meets the road and, and those things start to come together. So, uh, but no question, it's been disappointing other than a couple passes he caught from Zappi I mean, a few it, days ago. His superpower is his speed. We just haven't seen it. Haven't it's seen not, it. It hasn't been on display. And the way that Douglas is jumps off the field, and maybe that's more because it's a quickness thing, but – you know, Taekwondo's just such a tall, skinny dude. He's so he's so unique, um, but right. you haven't really seen that put to use yet. You haven't really yeah. seen him running by people or you right. know taking the top off the defense. Half the time you see him catch stuff. It, I mean, we've been in the red zone, but it's underneath stuff. And I, you know, I just I'd love to see him take a shot to him downfield. Yep. 
Thanks, William. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Brent in Reno. Hey, Brent. Hey, guys. Um, just got a quick, uh, quick little, you know, topic I want to discuss really fast. Um, I haven't been a frequent caller since COVID because uh, I was on telework, but now I'm back on it, so I'm going to start calling more. Uh, but I just wanted Thank to kind God. of hear about how Jalen Mills is doing um, and what you guys are seeing from him in training camp uh, now that we moved him back to the safety spot. Yeah, he's and a little up and down. Not, yeah, but he's, uh, I think, definitely safety. Yeah, right? yeah, he had a nice pass defense uh, yeah. a couple days ago. Uh, hit a pick. With, the, with the safety group. With the, yeah, I finished practice with a pick. Nice, pick, him? Yeah, yeah. nice pick on an out route. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, yeah, I think he, he's been covering tight ends a lot. So I, he's not with the cornerbacks anymore. He's pretty much looks like he's with the safety group full time and um I, I mean i do wonder how does it how does it all you know mix up i mean maybe he kind of not to say he's taking devin mccourty's free safety kind of role um but i think he kind of takes that maybe that roster spot as the rotational you know for safety but otherwise between peppers and phillips and duggar they're just rotating those guys all through every safety spot you can imagine and, and on any down you never really do know who's going where yeah yep perfect and Thanks for hitting that, Deuce, because that's exactly what I was going to ask is how you feel about him going from McCordy there. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I got to be honest. I, I have some concerns just about the deep speed and the range of, of those guys on the back end. You know, if, if, if some of these teams that are bombs away, you know, are, are Peppers and Phillips and Duggar going to have that range to get sideline to sideline and really make sure that, that the big plays aren't becoming a big problem? Um, that's a that's a concern of mine on the defensive yeah. of how they're gonna how they're gonna handle some of that stuff with the faster teams. McCordy had that speed. That's for and sure. And the smarts. And you the know, everybody's thing, always on the same page. The, like the smarts to me, is, like, is what what you know. And too. it's always dangerous to sort of like watch from afar and then try to interpret what's going on. But there was a play in the red zone that Juju caught um, that that little um, stutter step where he kind of went to the outside and did the slant like, like yeah. a little skinny post. Yeah. Um, before that play, we talked a lot about this during the podcast. It definitely looked like Jalen Mills was trying to get some communication to Jonathan Jones. They weren't on the same page, and the guy ends up being wide open. So I'm not telling you that that wouldn't have happened if Devin McCourty was still there. Maybe the same thing would have happened. But just some of those communication things that you want to watch and see if there are coverage breakdowns more often right. than they have. If we get to week one and there's like a 60-yard A.J. Brown touchdown and, you know, Peppers and Duggar and Phyllis right. are all looking at each other with palms in the air, then you'll know they missed Devin McCourty. Uh, Johnny writes in, don't listen to the critics, he says. Everyone is entitled to their own opinions and everyone sees things differently. I've seen every reaction on the spectrum to the practice from doom and gloom to when do the playoffs start. I'll be at the joint practices in Green Bay for at least a day, and I'm excited to see our offense in particular, how it looks against another team's defense, especially one as stout as Green Bay's. Mm -hmm. I think you are all cautiously optimistic to maybe at times safely neutral, but I hardly think you are all intentionally negative. Snarky, maybe. But I'm not very negative. snarky, but I'm not intentionally negative. I, Congrats, I agree Evan, that. on the engagement. That's, that's Paul's shows <laughs> that are intentionally negative. But they're they're intentionally snarky to uh, on yeah. steroids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Um, Rick in Louisville. After listening to that old clip on the commercial break, you can give me Hannity and Combs, the McLaughlin group, <laughs> Crossfire on CNN. I'll take Fred versus Paul any day of the week and twice on Sunday. You guys are classic. Please never change. I'm still laughing uh, as I type. I this. try not to do that. I really do. I don't know but how. That's great. Every once in a while, Fred just does it. Gives, he gives Deuce that little look. He gives Deuce the glint in his eye, and he 
He knows he's got me. He knows he's got me. He doesn't have Eric anymore, though. I used to like when the Eric ones would start. And, you know, you could tell Fred, like, uh, all of a sudden found a little vein. Yeah, but that vein. was bullying. He found a little vein that he wants to maybe yeah. tap into a little bit, and well, Eric's going crazy. To Fred. It was kind of bullying, though, <laughs> don't you think? Well, that's what makes good radio. Yeah, man. I guess. <laughs> but he's just such an easy target, you know? Well, that's what makes him good, right? That's what makes it a good – I mean, it's uh, – I mean, I feel like the radio shows, it's like everybody's kind of becomes characters somewhere, yeah. and that's what makes it good, right? Like, right. Yep. Uh, let's see. George says, and he's from Virginia, happy to hear you all talk about how the offense is looking good. I've been hearing and reading reports of the offense looking good from other outlets, and I've been dismissing it since I didn't hear it from my PU sources. Uh, thank you for the work you guys do. So there you go. See? That's what we've earned. We've earned the credibility. When we say it's good, it's good. Yeah. You, you can believe it. That's why, I mean, it's funny because, you know, the last few practices, me and Evan have watched up top. Paul's been down below with the know-it-alls. And, you know, we still come together afterwards. And Same thing. We don't even talk and we just start going. Which is, a, like, like, another reason, not that I intentionally don't want to watch it with you or anybody no, else. No, do I not want to watch it with but you. But that, that's why like, I never go on Twitter after practice. I never want to see what other people's thoughts. I, I don't want to be clouded. By someone, I want to see what I see, and if I go back and I and there's a couple of guys that I'll look at. I always look at Mike's notebook when he he throws his notebook out there on Twitter, and then every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, I didn't I didn't catch that, or yeah. I meant to include that. But usually, you know, Phil Perry, uh, Mike Reese, you know, the three of us, we're all almost all, all on the same. Mike Giardi, we're all on the same page. We all kind of watch, and we've been around for a little bit. We've seen the same things over and over again, and there's, there's very few surprises. I have, I have high hopes for Chris Price yeah. taking he's over back the, the Globe Beat. I think he's going to make an extra effort to be accurate and fair. He's right in there. He's yeah. right in there. Right Can't in be the any place. more than the guy he's replacing. <laughs> like That might as well be. He, he should have been on Patriots.com staff. Well, but I think <laughs> He should be with us. He was one of us. Uh, Dan of Virginia and Michigan, congrats to Evan on his engagement. How does his fiance feel about Evan's computer being his best man so that he can keep watching <laughs> film during the ceremony? Oh, it's fun. It's fun. I mean, we were talking. They haven't set a date, right? No, but you know, I mean, we were already talking. Uh, we were talking a little bit about babies, and uh, I was like, geez, Evan, how are you going to manage that one? So we're like, all right, if you could get it so she has it like right after the draft, you know, then you'll get some, some free time maybe to have the baby. But you know I, him, I heard they weren't going to have the baby the traditional way he was yeah. going to draft one <laughs> he's going to draft the baby yeah. he's going to scout it and yeah. draw it up no it's fun it's fun listening to evan uh you know with his passion for the game and, and his poor girlfriend and trying to balance it all it's a uh, high comedy for sure yeah uh demario douglas this is still dan uh has been getting some attention and he wants to know is there any chance that he ends up like the next taylor price or zach zudfeld uh yes yeah there is Who? sure yeah Douglas, you know, it, oh. but but right now it it looks like it doesn't look like it. I, well, you know, I, I think he has a, a trait that, like he, he he's quick, and I think that that kind of stands out. Yeah, and he catches the ball. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've really noticed a lot of like super catches. No, well, not the, super, but he, I, not, like, I, but, yeah, but have you noticed saying. drops? Uh, a couple yeah, here one, and there. Yeah, I think he yeah. had one today, but I mean, but, he had a nice downfield. But what I'm saying yesterday. is, every pass that he caught, I would expect you or I to catch. So far. Whereas, like, Ramondre Stevenson made a catch today uh, in a short little hook that was high. He went up and high-pointed it. That's not an average catch for a running back. Like, you know what, he, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm not telling you, like, it was this behind-the-back, one-handed catch, but 
every ball that Demario Douglas has caught has been absolutely routine. Yeah. So I don't know about his hands yet. I mean, take it for what it is in one-on-ones, but nobody gets the separation like he does. And those are really tough drills. And but you'd, you'd think that the one-on-ones. You'd think that some of those guys, though, Juju, they'd be able to get better separation. But but I mean, he is like boom, boom, open. See, I think Bourne has been amount. the best at that drill. Yeah. In the two days, Bourne has been wide open every time, every rep. Uh, and your boy takes advantage of Marcus Jones a lot. Douglas he, catches Marcus Jones. He has, chasing across he has the gotten field. Marcus Jones a few times. Oh. Uh, Barton Poland, um, you know, when it comes to a potential veteran quarterback, he's very high on Kyler Murray. He thinks oh, that wow. he could be a really good quarterback and believes that he uh, carried a horribly coached Cardinals team. For a while, and that he's uh, underrated. Weird spot for him after tearing his ACL in the Patriots. I mean, it's, he's probably going to be like a midseason, right? Like, no, they don't expect him to be ready to go. So he's in a weird spot. New coach. I heard the, the Jonathan Gannon's been, you know, pretty hard disciplinarian from from the reports I've seen. So interesting spot for Kyler Murray, kind of coming in the middle of the year. How's the team doing at that point? Does he bring a spark to them? And you know, maybe he can secure that job. But I don't, I don't disagree with the point that he might be generally available in the next season or so. Um, Ben writes in, he's in Liverpool. I know it's early in training camp, but I'm starting to get worried about the offense, much like last year will be the downfall of this team, and I think a lot of that has to do with Mac. I don't think he was given a level playing ground to build upon his rookie year last year, but still sounds like he just isn't getting going to be the quarterback we can invest in. What would need to happen for you guys? Well, this is kind of the same question as before. What I, need I would, to happen to pull the plug I, on him? I would just pump the brakes on yeah. the on the killing Mac right now. I, like, I, you yeah, know, I'm not like, looking for that. I'm I'm yeah. going to go all Fred on you here. Like yeah. this, we're we're like you know a week into training camp, getting ready to start a season. I, I'm not ready to say like, well, what if we have to make a, new, a change at quarterback? Right now, Mac Jones is the quarterback. Right. Like, let's. I mean, right now, and Mac there's no Jones doubt. Look, as it looks as good as he's been playing since middle of his rookie season. I mean, you know, like just as far as practices, what we've seen, like, you know, so. I don't know what his ceiling's going to be, but he's playing good football right now, and he's starting to feel it a little bit. He's, you know, celebrating, and, you know, the team seems to be rallying around him. So I know it was a slow start, and we might have been negative about the start, but it's starting to come on. They they strung a few days together. It wasn't like, oh, two days ago we had a good day and it was bad. Like, you know, it's starting to stack a little bit. So I would just, you know, pump the brakes on, you know, just trying to take Mac's yeah. job immediately. Give him a chance. we got to get that line right. That and that's the key. That's yeah. that's the, I think the the bigger key to all of it. I I really have confidence that this offense yeah. will at least be competent like it was in 2021. Do, I think the pieces are at least equal, if not better, than they were. Deuce, then. you and Evan will be out in Green Bay for the first set of joint practices. Yeah, it's going to be really important for you well, to you know. I I pay attention to it. Give I, us some accurate <laughs> reports of what's I'll going try to on be accurate out there. This time. I was just going to be eating cheese the whole time. I could actually watch practice now. This is this is ridiculous. No, we're looking forward to it. Uh, Reno writes in, should we be concerned how much I'm reading about Christian Gonzalez getting beat? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I think he's been competitive in all the, all the drills. I think he's shown good. Just It just looks comfortable out there. And there's so much communication and hand drills and everything that goes back and forth pre-snap with those guys. He's going to get beat sometimes. I mean, everybody's going to get beat on a Devontae Parker, you know, uh, high point fade. Like, that's what he does. But... Um, no, I, I wouldn't get. I wouldn't be overly concerned yet. I think I'd just be excited he's been playing a lot and that he's taken. He's taken some lumps. There's going to be growing pains, but I think so far he's been. Uh, he's been excellent. Uh, Erica is from Virginia. What's up, Erica? Hey guys, how are y'all doing today? Okay, hey Erica. 
Hey, um, so I was talking to a buddy of mine, and we've been discussing this whole first-round pick back in 2020 when uh, we when we drafted Duggar. Now, with that being said, knowing what we know now with Burrow and Duggar, would y'all have made that option to uh, make a move to get Burrow over Duggar in the 2020 draft? Well, Duggar was a second-round pick. The right decision was made. Duggar was, a sec- Duggar was a second-round pick. Yeah, that, okay. I, I think they would have had to sold the farm. I, but, hey, if there was a way to do it, yeah. I, mean, I love me some Joe Burrow, but uh, I, I think it was probably a little bit out of their, their range to, to realistically make that happen. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, and that's what I thought, too. Like, I, I just didn't see the whole Burrow thing happening, and my buddy was like, uh, no, we could have traded Brady. And I'm like, yeah, I still don't oh. see them trading Brady to Cincinnati to get that pick for oh, Burrow. Can you imagine? That, that, that would have been, been chess, yeah. not checkers. No, I mean, sure. Do you, do you think that Burrow would have been a, a good fit for the um, Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Everywhere. For, he'd, he'd fit anywhere in the league. Yeah. 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 No, he's, he's, cool. he's now one of the faces of the league. Yeah. I mean, I think just oh, in terms oh, yeah. of. Yeah. I mean, I just didn't know how, you know, I just didn't know what y'all's opinions of him would yeah. be. Love him. I, I love him. Yeah we're, yeah, we're big fans. And, I mean, I think part of it is just. If there was somebody in the style of Brady's game and in kind of in the style of Max's game, that's what Burrow is. I mean, you know, he's kind of a throwback, certainly what's athletic. Really but quick. Yeah, just, you know. Really quick, what's your opinion on, on Minshew? Why, why do you think that Minshew wasn't even a blip at that point when he was up? Oh, I don't know. I can't speak to Gardner Minshew. Yeah, Gardner Minshew I don't think is a very good player. Yeah. I don't know. He's got good personality. Right? Yeah. Good, good backup. He's a good backup because he can go in and, Thanks, you know, Erica. he can have a game. Yeah. You know, and he's he's been able to do that, but yeah, yeah. I don't she's I don't teasing love him. me. She's teasing me with this. Why don't we just go get but, Joe Burrow? But between oh. Minshew and Burrow, imagine them on the same team for arrivals. Just the outfits alone is pretty, hey, you know. We, hey, we had Cam Newton here, and those arrivals are pretty. Great That's too. true. That's true. Uh, Juan in Monterey, Mexico. Um, with Judon not participating, could it simply just be keeping him fresh to be able to last the whole season? Both years, by the end of the season, he looked exhausted. And P.S. The reason Mac Jones is playing better is because his babe Evan wanted Zappy more. <laughs> yeah, as soon as Evan went to Zappy, Mac started clicking. Yeah, show him. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know what I don't know what to say. I mean, there's certainly logically you can understand at these positions where the depth at outside linebacker slash edge that Judon is the top, and for for Trent Brown at tackle that it is a significant drop off after those guys, and it makes every bit of sense in the world to want to make sure that they not only make it to the season healthy, but stay fresh through the whole season. Now, are there contract things going on the scenes? Probably. Um, and hopefully they get it figured out. But even if they get the contract stuff figured out, do we think, like, there's a report in the morning, Matthew Judon has signed, you know, a, a contract extension, yada, yada, yada. And then that day he's out there in pads and ready. Like, right. I, I still think that there's more to just than contract. They're trying to manage him and Trent Brown. All right. Um, catch 22 will be at 3 o'clock today because Evan and Alex have some writing to do. So they're going to start their show at 3 for those of you who expected it to start right after this show. Sorry. Take a break. Uh, get some something to eat. Come back at 3 for Alex and Evan for Catch-22 for us. That'll be it for this edition of Patriots Unfiltered. But we will see you next Tuesday. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. 
Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts. The world's original podcast. Isn't it time to get exactly what you want? Welcome to Red Hot Deal Days from Verizon, where you get your pick of our best deals. Like my plan, where you can pick the perks you want and save on every one. For limited time, bring your own phones to a Verizon store and you can get my plan for our best price ever. Get exactly what you want in your phone plan and only pay for what you need. Bring your phones to your Verizon store today and get my plan. These deals won't last. It's your Verizon. Verizon. 